Welcome back to Real Deal Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I have the myth, the man, the legend, Miguel Rodriguez. Let's go. A.K.A. the fierce communicator. <clears throat> fierce. Actually, and I just bought that domain because I only had Fierce Communicator. Oh, really? But I just bought the Fierce Communicator. Yeah, you got to get them all. Because I was like, someone's going to take that, and it sounds really yes. cool. And I was like, I want them both. You like, got to do them all. You got to do a Fierce Communicator. Give me the later A in there. Oh, dude, I'm doing all of them now. You do. Just believe in it. Let's you know? go. Just, just corner the whole market. <laughs> So, so what that is, guys, is that's his brand. That's his uh, Instagram handle. If you're not been, and following this cat, get on him right away. He's spitting fire, which is what attracted me to want this guy to come in and to also get closer to Miguel. Um, met him at Awaken Church. Uh, he's one of the lead worship uh, worshipers at, at uh, Awaken Church, a.k.a. Singers, an incredible singer, incredible actor, saw him in Hero, saw him in Twisted, and you blew my mind. And by the way, I'm, while I'm on the fly here, my favorite Twisted, and Twisted's a musical that Awaken does that is the story of Scrooge mm -hmm. and the whole thing, but they really tie it in nice, and my favorite character, bar none, was you. <laughs> oh, man. You're insane, So dude. that was a stretch, becoming that character, right? Because it's like so, the devil, you know, right? Yeah, I'm playing the role of the devil. Yeah. And so you think about this Christian, godly dude who yeah. has to dive into this New Orleans <laughs> voodoo. Yeah. Just kind of, oh man! And I tell you, like you, you know, you you have to study up on these yes. things. So I'm watching these videos of of voodoo witch people and just like how do they move and how do they talk? You know, and as you're watching, I'm like, man, I have to do that, you wow. know. But but it's it's for a purpose, right? I mean, it's for yes. a purpose. You know, the outcome we're we're, we're going to talk about the the real thing. You know, we're talking about how Scrooge's life was changed and how God comes in and does a you know he just flips things around, but. Man, to, how to did they choose you for it? Like, how did you get that? I role? think they had the idea, and then it was like, okay, like who is who is dreadlocks? Like yeah. who is dreadlocks in in our church that can sing and who can pull this off? Who can pull off this role? And so they actually called me and they said, hey, here's the idea. We we want we want, you already knew you were you know, doing twisted. No, I wasn't. Well, I had done the angel. The, the year before, right, I was right. the head angel. Wow. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm coming into it just thinking, like, I'm the, head, the angel. head angel. Yeah, again. like, life's good. You know, yeah. I'm just going to redo my role. They call, and they're like, hey, this is the idea. We wow. want this this kind of witch doctor type, you know, yeah. feels. Just kind of the princess in a frog type, you know. And, uh, are you up for it? And, by the way, we want you to have an accent, you know. And I'm like, man, I'm... American, you know, I'm like, I, I mean, it's like <laughs> the closest I get is, is maybe I'll slur a bit here, you know, I'm like, but I, I mean, an accent and all this. And they just asked, like, do you want to do it? You know, are you up for it? And man, I just remember praying about it going, all right, this is a stretch. Wow. Did you immediately this answer yes? Or no, no, I, no? I, I had to, I had to process. You said, let me think about yeah. this. I'm like, let me, let me, let me think about Did this. Did you look you it know? up? Like, Hey, what's this all about? Yeah, I mean, they showed me some ideas. They'd sent me some pictures. Um, like this is the look, this is kind of what we want you to act like. And, and it just, you know, it's an undertaking because you, you realize how much commitment you have to put into oh, it huge. And, and the time and learning and, you know, I'm, I'm raising a family, I'm building a business, you know, I'm, you know, worship leader for the church. You just have all these other things on your plate. And I'm like, man, this is a big commitment, but I'm glad I did it. One, because obviously we got to, yeah. to, to coincide even more, but my whole family was in it, which was awesome. Yes. My, you know, my wife was right there next she to me. My kids were right there in it. And, 
it, it made it w- made it worth it. Our, wow. our bond grew significantly. And then you look at the impact of what Twisted the musical has. It's ridiculous on people's lives. It's I'm crazy. Like, you know what? I'm I'm up for this. Let's let, let's go. You know. So. And and I'm glad we this came up because, I, and I and I've told this to so many people. How we got to the church, my wife and I, my family, is an incredible story in itself. But I'm going to sum it up. You know, when they defied the orders, I said this church is walking the walk, baby. Let's try out this church. When they defied the orders, mm-hmm. late 20, um, when it was the COVID era, quote unquote, when every when they were saying uh, worship is not essential, you need to close down. Yeah. And Jurgen and the crew said, no, 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 worship's essential. We're op- not only are we open it up, we're doing a grand opening of a new facility, yeah. of a new campus. I was like, <laughs> now that's what I'm talking. About. So the long story short is, we went and saw, we went to our first uh, um, service, which the, of course the message was specifically for me, <laughs> as always. You know how that goes. Yeah. But what stamped in awaken for us, this is a true story, was when we saw Twisted the Musical in December, which is a few months after we went to our first service. A Twisted the Musical Come on. stamped in Awaken for us. I have goosebumps all over my body right now. I can't see it because I shaved my hair. <laughs> but I literally, when I saw that freaking musical, yeah. I was like, what is this place? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this can't be a church. I'm looking around going, this can't be a church. No. How no. do you make this so relevant and it was twisted, and I'll never forget well, not you. Even the, not even just the relevance, but how well it's done. Yes, that's that's the difference. Unbelievable. You know? I mean, I've been to, I've been to a lot of different churches. You know, being a worship leader, been able to sing at different churches. But when you see a production that's put together like that, with the time, with the effort, the band, you got you guys shredding on the guitar. Unbe- dude, the, you know, the freaking I mean, guy on the guitar. Everything's live, right? You I got, lost my mind. Right, Mark Colin, just boom, just just ripping it off. I said, up, where you know? did they get this guy? Yeah, yeah. Then I thought, no, no, he's just a, he's part of the church. That's he's it. one of the. I'm like, stop it. Yeah, you hired him. Oh yeah, he was shredding on the guitar. Yeah, the first time I did one of the musicals at the church, I remember people coming up and and they all thought that we were hired. Yeah brought in as professionals to, to do this. And That's we're what, like, oh, man, we, we are amateur. We're, we're amateur beyond amateur. You know, we just, we just love what we do. We love our house. We love that church. And when you talk about that season where you showed up, we had a lot of people show up in that season yes. and they're drawn to the musical. Yes. And that's when they're like, oh my gosh, like not only are you defying th- these, these orders, you're going to throw a musical. <laughs> A like, musical yeah, with thousands of people yeah. in the audience yeah. nightly. Yeah. And just packed the house. And so many people just got wrecked. Wrecked. Because they needed community. They needed to see a story that they had never seen before. And I mean, I tell you, we can go on and we on needed, about We needed hope. Stuff, we needed to be around people, yeah. like-minded people that realized, wait a minute, something ain't right here. Yeah. And inside that building, it's right. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not the only one that thinks this thing is ridiculous right now. Why everybody? What, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. And and then, oh man, I I, I can't say enough about it. <laughs> I'm serious. And and then it's uh, coming out, Christian. Coming out uh, not soon enough. Oh yeah. Because hero, then hero, um, and which we just saw, and then twist. It'll be God. That's a right around the corner, bro. Yeah. Are, are they going to bring you back again? Yep. December. Yeah. You already know. Are you doing the same character? 
it's, 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 it's oh, in process. Oh, it's in process. We'll see, you know. Because you, ne- you guys never really repeat the same exact show, right? It's similar. Similar. We'll switch things up. Sometimes yeah. switch characters up. Yeah. Sometimes switch songs up. You know, we try to renew things mm-hmm. so that there's a different show. Um, sometimes it's just a killer show and you're like, I don't know, should we change anything? And by you the know? way, the craziest part about it to me, and I'm glad you just mentioned the word music, it's to 80s hard rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you tie in 80s hard rock with the Christian message? Who does that? Yeah. Yeah. Awaken does that. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And every, and if you're in your, if you're in your forties, fifties, or even let's some some thirties, these are the most nostalgic eighties tunes you have ever heard that everybody knows the lyrics to, and they actually make it so it works. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. Cause we take back, honestly, what we feel, we take back what's been stolen, right? Creativity has been stolen from, from the Christian world. Yeah. It, it's been ripped off, it's you know, and, 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 and then, and then they, just butcher it you know i mean but there's sounds and things that man they were meant for 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 christians to express and hear and and but but sometimes what happens is they get they get overshadowed by this this message of filth and disgust but it's like no you take it and you're like wait wait why does this sound good man i'm I'm always i'm such an advocate for for so many realms of things that have been ripped off from the bible so many things creativity music i mean all this stuff and it's like man if you just knew if you just knew, and so what I love, what we do is we just take it back. We're like, you know what? No, 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 no. You, you can't have that. This is ours. And let me show you how we can use it mm. in the, man, flips people's perspective. They're, now they're singing these songs. You know, I always, I always crack with my wife because we'll be at the gym and, you know, it was like, I'm like, oh, Twisted Seasons. Because you, you hear it you hear it in the grocery yeah. store. You hear this all these 80 songs that, we, you know, we, we sing for four months straight as we're rehearsing. And I'm like, oh, it's Twisted Season, you know, because it just comes on. But guess what? When you think about that song, man, you think about the message of Scrooge. You think about the message of how God delivers. You know, you're just like, oh, my gosh. You know, it's it just crazy. flips it. Yeah. I, I'm like, it, it, so the last two uh, shows, musicals, me and my squad, because now I got a whole squad at Awaken that just followed me and my wife there. We literally, you know, we buy up the front row. You, you remember us in the front row. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole front row. <laughs> like two <laughs> two nights in a row, it's ours. That's so awesome. That I took all of the apple from Christian this time. <laughs> it was right oh, just me. <laughs> Yeah, all over me. He saw me because I told him to be in the front row. He goes, you ready for some apple? I'm like, hit, hit me. Yeah. And I was with the funny thing is I was with my buddy Bernard and he's the biggest OCD germaphobe in the world, literally. <laughs> and I didn't tell him what was going to happen. And he was sitting next to me. We got oh, showered. Splash zone. Showered. Splash zone. <laughs> I looked it over him and he was like this. No. <laughs> thought he was going to. Just with I thought he was going to walk out. <laughs> it's like one of his first experiences at the church. Um, but anyway, folks, I'm telling you, you know, and, and, we'll get, and I want to get back on this as well, but I want to segue into what you just said about how things are watered down, uh, a personal development, stuff like that. So Miguel uh, has written what you got one book so far, right? One book. So okay. Far. Chasing Smoke. All right. So let's tease that a little bit. We're going to come full circle around at the end of this interview um, to talk about this some more. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into it. But for right now, give me a little teaser for the audience so that they know Chasing Smoke, uh, which I've been reading this week. And people that know me well know that I'm an audiobook guy. So for me to actually read a book is insane. Okay. (laughs) But let me tell you something. I'm going to do an audio. I am a. I and I'm not, I and I'm, I'm not, I'm going to work on I'm, it next month. I I'm think. up playing this because it's, it captivated me. And I found myself today reading like uh, so many pages because it was so easy 
to read because it's so relevant to every person that's tri- striving or has strived in their life for personal development. Like, yeah. where do we go? You know, all the books, Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, go down the list, Zig, Zig Ziglar, the whole, they're all uh, Tony Robbins. And I'm reading this and you're saying it as though it's me. Yeah. So break that down a little bit. Give me the quick synopsis of the book and then yeah. we'll, we'll come back I mean, back you just, it. honestly, you just hit it. Yeah. You just hit it is that people are hungry. They're hungry for answers. They're hungry for change. And for a couple years, they were, you know, they were diving into these, these personal development gurus who were, who were feeding them things, but it was giving them these, these mountaintop experiences. Things were shifting for about a week or a month, and then they go right back in. And then, and then, you know, and then they piggyback off that and they go to another conference or, you know, another book or whatever it is, you know, and, and I realized, I'm like, man, you guys are getting, you guys are getting good stuff, but it's not anchored to anything. And I'm like, and I know where it's from. It's, it's all coming from the Bible and they just know how to repackage it and they repurpose it and they present it in a way that's like, Ooh, what, what is this? Ooh, I I want, I want what that is, you know? And I'm like, man, but that's scripture. That's scripture. And I get it. Not everybody can read the Bible, right. you know, and, and easy because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated oftentimes, you know, you're like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm reading here. You know, this is crazy. But I'm like, you know what? Hey, if we can break this down and show them how to anchor what they're already learning, that it comes from the Bible, man, it's going to create change. That's going to be long lasting. And the cool thing is you can still utilize what happens in personal development. You can still utilize how they break down concepts because they'll teach practicality. Mm. However, anchor it in the Bible and, and you'll see that. And so I, that's why I ended up writing this book and it ended up stemming because I was doing business coaching for about four years. Yeah. When I'm on the phone with these guys, I, I wasn't allowed to talk Bible. So I was like, Oh, if I could just give you the real answer. Cause they're like, they're like, I just bought this, you know, power of positive thinking. I'm like, that's, that's good. But uh. yeah. so I ended up writing this book and I'm like, read this shift your life for good. And then just sprinkle it you know, with wow. the other stuff. So fascinating, man. Yeah. I really, really love it. Yeah. I've, I'm already deep into it and, uh, I'm picking up on it. I'm, I'm identifying with it because dude, I've been doing personal development for 20 years. Oh, wow. Every book you can imagine. I don't even know how many seminars. And again, this is, it's all great stuff. It's, mm-hmm. but there's like, where did it come from? Yeah. And you broke it down. Yeah. You very simply broke it down. You made it very apparent. Yeah. So we're going to, and we'll come, we'll come back to that again. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, you know what you know what we're going to do now. We're going to dig into this testimony and backstory of my dude Miguel. We are going to dig, and we're going to dig, and we're going to find some gold in there, and we're going to find a lot of gold. Yeah. yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Let's find out where Miguel came from. Let's find out what this dude like. How did he end up here? This is who is this guy? This is like when I have to take a sip of water. Get a sip of water. It's like you you get all yeah. How's our how's our how's our audio doing this time? Are we good this time? Jeez, man. (laughs) Actually, this I like. This, I liked our intro better than this one. Raw. Did you like it? Oh yeah, yeah. So it was meant to be. That's how it should and, be. And nobody knows what we're talking about, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had one of our first um, technical difficulties at the beginning of our interview, so we had to redo it. Yeah, I actually liked the one we just did better. Well, and, and here's don't and, you guys? Yeah, I, I love right? it. Right? Because it was it, we went on twisted. Went on twisted. You can't go which, wrong with which that. is a part of me anyway. Yes, so it's like you gotta you know you are twisted. Hey. My hair's twisted. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. <laughs> born, where were you born and raised? <laughs> Los Angeles. All right, Los Angeles, the city of angels. City, yeah. yeah, city of angels. Man, parents was, together. Give me the whole childhood. Born here. in Torrance. 
Lived in uh, Gardena, Inglewood. My mom went to Crenshaw High. Inglewood? I know. It's like all wow. that, you know. I, I just know that from the rap songs. Well, that's the thing. I mean, most people know L.A. because yeah. of either rap or they watch right. movies like Lean On Me or something like that, you know, or Stand By Me. And they're like, oh, that's inner city, which is true. I mean, that's why I grew up. I grew up inner city. And, um, you know, my parents were on and off, you know, which was kind of unique. And, and, and uh, Okay, hold on. You know, on and off. What, what does that mean? Yeah, you they know. Were, they were married, right? It, it's, you know, it's funny because you asking that makes me think about it again. And I'm like, it's so weird. It is weird. Because like, it's usually you're, you're like, like, it's normal. Yeah, they're on and off. Yeah. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now that I think about it, usually it's like, no, my parents divorced when they were, you know, yeah. or they've been separated or they've been married for, you know, 120 years. You know, my, mine were on and off. And it's so weird because... You know, there were, there were seasons where I could remember my, my pops being around, and there's seasons where I'm just like, where's, where's dad at, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, he, you know, he bounced. And, and it, so and would it, he announce his, like, that he was leaving? No. It was just like, I'm out, you know? And then and then he's just gone. And I'm sure he told my mom, but yeah. it's not like he would come and, you know, give me and my brother, you know, hey, all right, I'm, I'm out for a couple months. You know, I'll see you soon. I mean, he was... I don't think he was planning on coming back. And, and I honestly don't even know what brought him back. I don't know if he just got bored out there or realized like, oh no, holy crap, I have a family. Maybe, like, I don't know what it really was, but there were seasons, you know, when I'd be six or seven and he would just be gone for a couple months and we'd end up in these little one bedroom studios just trying to figure things out. My mom would be a single mom and then, and then she wouldn't be a single mom and I'd have a dad and I'd be like, oh, cool, all right. So you he know. literally... Give me the give me one scenario here because I got to visualize this. <laughs> you come home from school. He's he was there in the morning. He wasn't there when you got home. Like oh, like, it would be no. It'd be it would be more like you know, wake up. He would bounce for work. I would think, and oh, then just not and just not come home. Yeah, just not. Yeah, just he's gone. So he wouldn't actually you know? say, "All right, kids, daddy's going to go away for a no, little bit." No, no, it was just wow. it was just kind of like you know, like like he either just woke up and was like, "I'm done," or. I maybe planned it out. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to. Would mom be crying? Was she? You know, I think it's it's hard to say. You know, it's like when you grow up the the way I grew up because we we were moving a lot throughout L.A. and a portion of your life is just dodging environment in general, right? Yeah. So you're just trying to stay alive. You're just trying to keep yourself going. So it's hard to say. You know, often where 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 my parents were at. I mean, it wasn't until you know we got a little bit older we saw that there was conflict. You know, and it's like you put. You know, my mom from the South and my dad from, from Mexico, you know, I mean, you're talking, these are fire personalities. So give me you what's know? your, what's, what's your actual black, ethnicity? Black and Mexican, right? So no I'm a black Mexican. I'm, I'm, you know, my mom from the South, she's black. My dad from TJ, Tijuana, you know, Tijuana. just, oh. So you're bilingual then, yeah? Um, I mean, you know, kind of, you know, I'm as bilingual as, as needed, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you want me to interpret something, you yeah. don't know what you're going to get, but yeah. you know, I could, I could sound, I can make it sound good though. You All know? Right, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah. So you had these, these, these personalities and yeah. I'll tell you, man, they, 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 they would butt heads a lot. And so I saw that as I would get older, you know, how, how much conflict was there. Um, how many, just how many brothers house, and sisters did you have? So I have an older brother. Yep. He's three years older than me, and I have a yep. younger sister okay. who's six years younger, yep. um, Juan and Melina. Um, and me and my brother were around it mostly. You know, my sister is a six-year difference between me and her, nine years between you know her and my brother. So, And you're only 37 you know, now. Only 30, 37. 37. You're young. I like dude. when you say it like that, though. Seriously, though. Only. Yeah, like when I, you're in your 50s, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and, and I've Insane. promised my, my kids, 
that I was going to live till that I'm going to live till 104. So 104? from that perspective, yeah, that's my number. Where'd you get that number from? I don't know, man. It just sounds like a sick number. You know, mine's you got 95. 95. I mean, that's cool. I may go past that, I don't know. but first, there's something about 95. I don't know. I think you're you're selling yourself short. My videographer's shaking his head over <laughs> here. A solid 95. So- <laughs> solid head of hair. I'll be doing the podcast the day before. See what I'm saying? Can you I imagine think, you 95? Know, <laughs> hey, and I, I picture myself still having dreads at really? 104. Like just oh, long God. gray dreads that just dragging on the ground. Like, you know, people are, you, are like, that guy, you know, just look like a sage. You know, just like a, <laughs> a sage. <laughs> are you going to let them grow as long as you can? Yeah, I'm not, not? I'm not cutting them. You know? I mean, I, you know, every once in a while, I'll kind of clean them up a little bit. But no, this is, this is, it's. Part of my identity at this point. It is. You know? I think I'd look kind of awkward without Yeah, it's him, no question. To be part honest. of your identity. All right. Uh, so we're so we're so so how long was the longest time dad would leave for? I'd say a couple months. You know, I'm sure there was my mom has told me times where there was longer. Would she know, explain like, oh, by the way, dad not went on really vacation. because because we were young and there's just not a lot to you know to remember. It wasn't until, you know, as we, we got a little bit older that would be like, you know, he's gone. But you're still not really rationalizing what that was. You know, my dad wasn't super present in general. So you're not missing things. You know, it's like you go from like picnic lunches to just, oh my gosh, where's my dad? You know, it's like when when, when I'm gone, you know, my son and my daughter are like, where are you going? Yeah, if I'm gone for four hours, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's like I'm running down to San Diego, I'm coming back up and I walk in the door and they're, they're like a dog, you know, yeah. just, ah, where are you? Ah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, so, but it wasn't like that, you know, so, so there wasn't, it, I didn't experience this, the, the, this deficit, I guess, in a lot of ways where people are like, oh, you know, you're, you had an absent father, so you lost this. You know, my mom was, was pretty legit. Yeah. So she knew how to hold things down, raise us how we needed to. And so we had that experience. Now things solidified a little bit better when we decided to get out of LA, um, as things got worse and worse, you know, my mom's side, a lot of gang members and, mm. and, and, you know, my dad's side, you know, being Hispanic, you know, there, there's just a lot of turf in general. So it's like on, on my mom's side, we had cousins that just end up getting shot up and wow. coming paraplegic. And it's like, okay, that's a little, uh, that's a little So her risky, family was in know? LA too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of our family, all, all there, you know, I still have my, <laughs> I still have my uncle Alec. I just, I don't know why I just bringing him up, but, um, he's a true OG. And so when you talk about an OG, right, you're talking about original gang members Yes, and he's a true OG and, uh, he, you know, he's, he's got swag though. He's clean. You know, he's still white linen, you know, top. I mean, he's, he's, he's Chris. I love him to death, you know? Um, but I have that, you know, that's, that's on my mom's side. And then, you know, my dad being from TJ, you know, it's like, you just, there's a lot of conflict. And so my cousin, um, Carlos, he ended up having to move his whole family out of Cali. He was in San Bernardino at the time, just had to bounce to Texas because he had this whole gang trying to take him and his family oh, wow. out. And so because of that, I think my mom was like, Hey, let's, let's get our kids out of Los Angeles. Let's figure out a place to go so that they can make it. And with that, that's when things solidified a little bit. They stayed, they stayed together for a little bit longer. What was the schooling you know? like back in that day, the rough area? <clears throat> You remember school at all? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty it's still pretty traditional to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I mean it's 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 what you see on the movies. You go to school, you got your lockers, you, you yeah. know, you, you do your thing. You know, I mean it's it's it, it is what it is. You know, 
but it's it's not much different yeah. you know did you remember any uh, any incidences as a child like early on in i mean school? honestly when it came down to the incidences it was always outside of school uh, you know it was just whether it was mexico or or la yeah. i mean honestly i felt like they were both the same I, I remember this is a little side story i remember now at this point i was probably in junior high we went to visit my um my abuelo my my grandfather in in mexico we're at my uh, grandpa and my um, grandma's house, and they had they they're on a corner, and we're outside hanging out, just you know, and you see this dude walk up the the dirt road with a bat, and he starts banging this guy's car, just boom, he's just beating on the car, and then the guy comes out of the house, you know, and he's like, "What are you doing?" You know, he you know, the, the, you know this and that. They're they're you know we're watching. He comes out, you know, <clears throat> with a knife, just a big old knife, you know, boom, and then they're swinging at each other, boom, and then he's stabbing the, I mean, we're watching this, you know, and then my mom runs out, she's like, oh my gosh, you know, we're junior high, I'm just glued to this, it's yeah. like watching TV, but in real life, you know, my dad and my uncles run out there to try to pull them apart, keep this guy from stabbing this guy to, to death, and you know, we, we get in the house, you know, of course, as kids, you know, we're still trying to find the closest window, like, hey, well, yeah. what is going to happen? Yeah. But I mean, th those are just things that you grow up with. You just grow up with this perspective of violence mm. and it becomes pretty, pretty normal. You know, I mean, so, so th there's reasons why I think my mom was like, if we, if we keep them in this, they either are going to end up like that or they're going to end up doing that. And, and so this was like, around, so when she made the decision, you were in junior high? Yeah, we were, yep, yep. So we moved to Menifee, Menifee California. Menifee. Oh. How'd that go? Dude, it was so boring. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, because I know Menifee's like, all due respect. Well, there was nothing there at the time. There's not much there now. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Apologize for people in, in Menifee, man. Yeah, I mean, all due respect. Hey, just, they could still ride dirt bikes out there, I think. <laughs> I think it's still, I think they still have leeway to do that. <laughs> we, we went out there. Any drugs around at this point? Like, well, are there drugs everywhere? Here's the thing. In Menifee, yes. Because well, everybody's so bored. Yeah. There's... And, and Wildemar was like a haven for, for drugs. Yeah, like crystal meth. Yeah. I mean, just craziness. So, so we come from inner city, which, you know, concrete haven. Yeah. You know, to, to Menifee. We actually, you know, watched our, our house being built, you know, and there's a tract home. You know, we hadn't lived in a tract home before. Yeah. You know, I didn't know what that was. You know, you had a, you had a cold de sack. I didn't know how to spell it at the time. Cold de sack, you know. Cold I'm like, what is this? You know, and then you, you have all these neighbors. But it's just so awkward because I'm like, I don't, I don't know you. I don't trust you, you know. And, and they're all just kind of, they're, they're used to tract homes. They're like, oh, you're my neighbor. You know, I'm like, Get up, you know, mom, this person's on our lawn, you know, like. What do we do? You know, because we're just like we're used to like someone steps on your lawn. You're like, hey, you either go under and hide, or you get them off your lawn. Like you're, you're protecting your turf. So now you got these people like walking their dogs, and you know. And I remember my dad was super aggressive. Like people would walk their dogs, and if their dog would like you know pee on the grass, I mean he'd be out there in a heart. You know, yeah. hey. You know, your dog peed on my grass. You know, are you gonna are you gonna pay me for that? You know, just he was super aggressive. Everyone's, everyone's so protective. You know, but as kids, man, we we were bored. We we didn't figure out what to do. I mean, that's when I first learned to ride a bike. You know, we're talking yeah. junior high, wow. so because I'm like, I don't, we didn't have you know, you didn't have them then. You know, so you're getting into this kind of suburban lifestyle, and it's just, it's it was weird. But because there wasn't much to do, and we were angry kids. 
man, obviously it's like in Menifee, it's like it was ride bikes, ride dirt bikes, and do drugs. Like that's that's about it, you yeah, know. That's it. And because you know you couldn't go, you couldn't walk anywhere. Everything's so far. I mean, when we moved there, there wasn't even a movie theater. The closest you would have to go to Sun City to go shopping, and Sun City's even worse. Yeah. I mean, it's just. It, How did she choose Menifee? I don't. I I think cost. Because you're moving out of LA metro to, to a place, you know, if, if you wanted to go any further south, you'd have to go way south, which was mm. like, would be considered, I guess, North County. But even then, North County wasn't really built up. So, you you, you know, you're talking expenses, but Menifee, right. it, was, it was super cheap. And know? so along the way, when, when dad was coming and going, when he would leave, would he still provide financially or is no, mom on her own? No, she's on her own. Something that came to my mind. I was yeah. wondering that. <clears throat> she's, she's, she was often, often on her own. And does she have two jobs, three jobs? It depended. Sometimes it would be two. Sometimes she would be able to do uh, little side things. You know, she had a, a pretty solid job. She worked for Amtrak. Yeah. So she had a good solid job. And then she also was going through and working on teaching credentials and things like that. She was able to do substitute um, you know, for extra income, which at the time, you know, being a substitute was actually really, really respectable. And, wow. you know, I mean, their, their salaries were good, you know, at the time because substitutes were, were in essence considered, te I mean, they were teachers. Right. It was like, no, if you had a substitute, it was like, man, they, they were credentialed, they were, you know, degreed up and, and things like that. So, but she was always uh, running solo. And where's your mom now? Now she lives right around the corner from me. Are so, you serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way. Uh, yeah. She just, you know, she's just in a text. Hey, we're co I'm coming over. Right? I haven't met. Have I met her? She's been. At, she's been in no, church, obviously, right? Is no, she coming to church? No, no. She goes to a different church. Really? Church. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. She's. She has a lot of community there. Yeah. And you know, she's. She comes to. To. She'll come to awaken. Does she come see the you musical? Know, very, oh, for sure, hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. Conferences. She just lose her mind? Oh, oh, she loves it. She loves it, especially when the kids are in it. I mean, she loves Did it. Did she lose you know? her mind at Twisted? Oh my gosh. The first one, she had bought and, I mean, the first one I was ever in was yeah. actually Hero. This was like three years ago. Okay. So she had gone to that. But she's been to every single one of the shows that I've been in. And she brings her whole Bible study. Oh, wow. I mean, she brings, wow. you know, where she works now. She's like, you know, all her friends at the library, they're like, hey, is your son doing another show? And she gets tickets, you know, I mean, so she she brings a handful of people oh, to them. So, that's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, she's right around the corner. Mom's super close, you know, and I've always been really close to my mom, obviously. Yeah. It's like when she raises you and of course. there's an element of protectiveness over over mom, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but she, man, she's the gold standard. Uh, she's the gold you. standard. Yeah. All right, so back to Menifee. Menifee. So, Gosh. so drugs. How did that come about? Did the, your friends be like, "Hey, let's do this"? Yeah, pretty much. Well, what, what weed? Obviously, yeah, weed. Yeah. That's how it starts, man. It's it's like, uh, uh, <laughs> it's not even like romantic or like fun or, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's like you hear people's like testimonies or like when they got into drugs and they yeah. were <clears throat> like, "Oh, I flew on this private jet to." to the islands and yeah. I was with this super wealthy guy and then he pulled out the drugs and you're like, do you want some? And you're like, oh, I'm just caught up in the atmosphere. You man, man this is boring, a little bit different, brain dead kid that lived three houses up from me. I was bored in the middle of the day. I went over there. We're sitting in uh, his, his house and he's like, hey, I have a bong take a hit and i'm like i don't even know what that is so you never or did anything no, back in yeah. man i was 
my mom raised me right, yeah. you know, but, but she would be off at work. She would have to work, you know, and, and so, I mean, you're just here trying to figure it out. And so he's like, you know, hit this thing. And so I, t- I, I get, I, I remember this story. I remember the story because his dad was actually a, a, um, a cop. His dad was a police officer. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. You know, this it, is in his house. This is in his house. Yeah. So we. <laughs> And he had this, this was funny because he had this, this Rottweiler too. So we would, uh, he, I took this, this, this hit off this bong and I'm just trashed. I have no idea what's happening. And I'm staring at his, his dog because it's staring at me and I'm sitting on the couch and he, for some reason, and I can tell you why I remember because he thought this would be hilarious. So he's sitting across from me. His dog is there. I'm sitting on the couch because his dad's a, a, a police officer. His dog's super trained. So he goes, get him like to his dog to, points at me. Yeah. So this Rottweiler comes barreling at me and jumps on my chest. I'm already gone, you yeah. know, cause paranoid. I, and I'm seeing this thing just this blurb come out and just, and I remember it, it hits me. I know rots are big, big dogs. Yeah, yeah. All the wind is knocked out of me. I'm just, <gasps> you know, and I'm, and I, I can't breathe anyway. I'm, my mind's tripping, you know, and I'm just, I'm just gone, you know, and he's laughing. This other dude that was there, he's rolling. They're just laughing and calls his dog back, you know, and, and, and I'm like, this is the experience. Like this, that was my romantic experience yeah. with drugs. That was my intro, you know, and you would think that that would be enough to be like, all right, that was, that was the dumbest thing. Yeah. You know, I was trying to walk home and I was stumbling on the, the curb, just trying to get home. And I'm like, this is, but because you're, you're bored, you're not doing much. And then it just kind of escalates, you know, you find other things to get involved in. And, and so, you, you so know. that's weed, obviously. So when, when did meth come around? Ha, never got, never got that. Good. Never, never got, you know, as far as one, because we were, we were, we were smart enough to know. Yeah. We, we so, so it's funny, you know, when you're in that world, you have like levels, levels of brain dead. Yes. You know, <laughs> and the, the, the ones that were the worst, I could tell you this, this, uh, one of our buddies name was Bryce yeah. and he was our meth head buddy and he, he was so gone. Actually, he couldn't live alone. Uh, he wasn't allowed to live alone. And, um, he, he couldn't do the simple things. So like we, like one of the things that we would work with him on is how to put the clothes from the washing machine into the dryer. Wow. Cause he just was so, he was that spent yeah, yeah, already, already. And he was, I mean, we were, we were young. I mean, we were maybe going into teens, high school. Right? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we were super young, but he was so far gone and he was, he was our meth head buddy. So we knew like, okay, that's untouchable. Like we don't, we don't, we don't touch that. Based on what you saw in him that oh, kept yeah. you away from it. His motor like, I don't skills. don't want to be there. No. I mean, he couldn't talk. He couldn't function. Oh my God, it was like, it, it would be like watching a movie and then it just getting paused and then re- rewound at the same time. And it's just like, I don't, it was just, it was, and it was where, enough. What were his parents doing? Did his parents know? So it, that house. His parents had to know. You know. Yeah. So, so, so that house was kind of, um, it, it was, you know, every, every neighborhood has that house, yeah. you know, that house you can go to, there's a lot of freedom and things like that. And that house was one. It was, you know, the, the single mom there too, as well. The dad come, would come and go. Um, and then was completely absent. So the mom would be gone all the time. Um, house was there and it just, that was our party house. That was our, you know, go and do all the stuff, you know, and that's where Bryce lived. 
and a couple other people lived there. Did he try well. to get you to do it? Like, hey, come on. No, actually, no. no. Wow. No, actually, you know, why he was a friend of ours is because the dude actually had wisdom because he knew what it did to him. And that's one thing he would always say is, you know, stay away from this. Stay away from it. Now, he's still addicted to it. He was still addicted to it. Yeah. So he would have to still do it. But stay away. You know, you'd watch him right there. Boom. Just, you know, make it all that stuff. You ever, like, you know. you ever know what happened to him over time? He actually ended up passing away. No kidding. Yeah. From drugs? Yeah. He just, his, his brain just stopped. At what age? Do you know what age? Um, no, because it was after we had, we had moved away, um, gotten out of out of Menifee. So and at, at, and at this point, is your dad in Menifee with you? Yeah, yeah. So he's there with us. Um, was he still leaving know, from time to time? No, he was. He was solid. He was ah. solid all the way up until my senior year. And what your dad when, do for a living? So at, at the time. time we were there, he was actually working for Edison. Um, he was doing refrigeration. So he would put the microchips into the refrigerators you see at the grocery stores. I mean, it was a solid job. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I mean, it would take me to the job sites and it would be at the shell of the grocery store. And as a kid, you're like, this is epic, you know, just running around like, you know, so he did that for a while. My mom was teaching, you know, at the time, because she had finally finished all her stuff. So, um, he, so he was solid. He would be gone, you know, he'd work late night, you know, and he'd come home around eight or because the development of the, the, uh, grocery stores, he would have to work through the night. So he'd be sleeping a lot. I mean, he, but he was still there. And, yeah. and I would say that's when we had kind of a nuclear family at its core for, yeah. you know, for some of the better periods. But as I got further into high school, you know, and I'm talking like ninth, 10th, 11th, that's when you, you really start to see the, the, the chaos come out because it was like they were together but man they just they just weren't good together <laughs> just you weren't can good. see it and that's when we got to see firsthand the physicality the the fighting the the beating the screaming the physically yelling. they actually physically oh fought. yeah 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 i mean you're seeing you're seeing things <laughs> you you would hear the the, the rumbles upstairs they'd close the door yeah but you you know you know what the you know and you're like you know, you're trying to yeah. turn up Transformers as loud as right. you can on the TV. Like, oh, you know, I remember one time walking upstairs because it just was going on way too much. You know, I'm like, what is going on? And then pop open the door and there's, and there, and I see my mom, she's got my dad like with the belt on his, around his neck. Like she's like, boom, like trying to like, you know, yeah. and I'm like, what? what? Who? I mean, you're winning, but why are you winning? And what, like, what is happening? You know, and I'm, I'm freaking out. You know, because I, I'm not sure what do I do. Because usually it's like, you know, the you, you, the son wants to rescue the mom. You yeah. know, but I'm like, but this is opposite. You know, and I'm sure my dad did something because he's always, you know, beating on her and yeah. stuff. So I'm like, he deserves this probably. I don't know. I mean, you're 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 in high school. You you can't rationalize this stuff. You know, and. They stop and, you know, freaking out and and he gets up and leaves, you know, and I'm like this. My brother was at home at the time, you know, so when my brother gets home, I'm like, man, I, this is what I saw, you know? And so we would see a lot of that, like for, for a couple of years, the, the physicality and, and, and physical fighting, you know? So you, but you mostly heard it. You didn't actually see it. Oh yeah. I mean, we saw, saw, yeah, yeah. Saw my dad hit my mom with an apple, boom, across her face. Oh really? Oh yeah. You would see things that you're just like. And would you guys be yelling like, no, stop. Yeah. Because it's, 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 it's a mix of fear. So you're scared. 
you're not big enough to to really do anything. You know, my dad was because he worked construction and refrigeration. You know, he's a well built guy. My mom's a bulldog. She was so. It's you're just kind of you're, you're doing what you can. You're using your voice, like hey, you know, st- yeah, stop. You know, I don't want to. But but it's about it. That's that's all you could do. There was never really a, a chance to intervene. But you got to understand what that does to a kid. Yes, it makes you angry because you can't do anything. Mm. So you you want to become the guy that can do something. You want to become the guy that's gonna. You know what is it gonna take? 150 push-ups a day so that I can, you know, whatever yeah. it takes so that if I have to step in and be the one to, but you grow up really, really angry, you know, and it doesn't help. You know, my dad would push her buttons, you know, he, that old school saying, that I think every parent used to say, but you know, like I could take you out, you know, yeah. I brought you in. I brought you in. I could take you out. I could take you out, you know? Yeah. But as a, you know, man to man, you're just like, Oh, I can't. I'm going to make it so you can't, you know, yeah. <laughs> you watch, I'm going to be doing one finger pushups, sucker, you know, but I mean, you know, it's, it, it, you, you grow up really tense and, 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 and angry for a long time. And eventually my mom was like, all right, this is enough. Like peace. We're like, we're done. And so that's when they actually so she offici- pulled the plug. Oh yeah. 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 She's like, Hey, this is, we got to officially do this. And this is when, like, like when you were senior year, you said? Senior year. Senior year. So your brother was out. When, what was he doing? Oh, he left. He, he left. left. Yeah, my brother left. He had left about two years prior. I mean, he was still around. He just moved out. He's yeah. like, I'm out. So he moved out. Um, 18, or right after high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, right around 18. So In Menifee. Yeah. <laughs> Right, you don't go far. I mean, it's like you, you're you're up the street. You know, he was relatively close. To be honest, he was relatively close. But he he moved out, so it was kind of just me and my sister hanging out. And then he would kind of come and visit and check in, or we would be able to. But he was moving in with friends, and he just didn't want to take it. You know, and I had nowhere to go, so I couldn't go anywhere. My sister was too young, you know, and I wasn't going to leave her. You know, and was this so? Was this a nightly event? Like, were they fighting all the time? Pretty frequently. I mean, it got to a point where it was pretty frequent. You know, I mean, wow. they, they just they wouldn't even be in the same room. It just wasn't healthy. You know, it just wasn't yeah. good. So, so it was you know, it happened. The divorce happened, and it was good. I mean, it, honestly, but it made things hard. You know, where did he go? So we ended up moving to. He stayed in Menifee. And then we moved to Wildemar, um, cheaper, you yeah. know, and uh, we, we were up in uh, this place called The Farm. And now it's just me, my mom, and my sister, you know, and that's that's pretty much how I grew up moving on until until I ended up moving out. And it's so that's nice. about senior year in high school. Senior year, they divorced. So, yep. the, so the what'd you do? No, where's Pops now? Menifee. <laughs> he's in Menifee. He's in You're Minifee. kidding me. Yeah, he's still in Menifee. How old is he? Shoot, I don't know. It's got to be in I haven't actually 60s, 70s, I mean, what, no, no, no. He's 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 he was young. 60s. So he's got to be 55. He's that freaking 50s. young. Yeah, yeah. My but that, mean, that means he would have had you at 18. They were young. They were young. They so he's almost my age. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right, so yeah. you moved out of there, right? So then after high school, what did you do after high school? High school, I traveled a little bit, lived in Africa. Um, lived for, about a, for about a year. How'd that happen? Yeah. Dude, I, man, this is random to be honest. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was, uh, um, like, yeah, I just went to Africa. Yeah. Okay. I, I, so I was playing, I played travel soccer for a long time. Right. We, we good over there, Spencer. Mm-hmm. You're making me nervous now. <laughs> every time, every time he looks, I'm looking over there. He's clicking away. I'm trying to see the, 
All right. So, so how did that happen? Yeah, so, so I was I was playing travel soccer for a long time. Oh yeah, I was going to ask. You know? During high school, all that were you playing sports at all? Yeah, yeah, soccer. I grew soccer up on was soccer. your thing. Soccer was nothing else. No, soccer. Brothers I did track. You did. You did track. What was your soccer. event? Uh, Two hundred triple jump. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. That's a fast little bugger. No kidding. Man, did you? What about your brother? Uh, he did soccer. Did oh. football for <laughs> a little short season, but he's yeah. you know he's he's smaller than yeah. So he, All right, uh, so soccer, and then you then you went. To, so did you go to college? Yeah. So I, well, I went to. I ended up going to the community college, local, which was actually Palomar, you know, mm, which is yeah. up, up in North County. Um, but it's because I was playing soccer. I was I was on a travel team uh, for for years. So, so I played since since junior high. I was playing um, actually since elementary school. So I played for my, my entire life. And then once I got out, um, I got brought on to it's called like a third division. So third division is where they would draft from, um, to bring into like, um, your semi pro draftings. Right. So they would pull from third division and, um, ODP, right. So ODP was your Olympic development program. Yeah. And so if you make it into ODP, you would do like, um, different levels. You had like regional and then you had state, and then you had national, right? And so each level you made it to, you got more exposure. And so I'd be playing on that team, you know, and it was great. We were sponsored by Adidas, sponsored by Pepsi. Wow. Um, and did that for, for a really, really long time, actually. And all through college, you know, because I could only do so much at college because I was traveling most of the time. And uh, that kept me sane. That kept me sane. I was going to ask you was, that. Like going back, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad it came up, but... During your childhood, what would you say was, would you think sports was one of your saving graces? hundred percent, hundred percent, because, because it kept, I wanted to be good at something mm. and it was my only escape. It was the only thing that I, that I could use to escape. And I was, I was hella good at soccer to, to be able to make those teams yeah. and travel, you know, we would do you know, going to England and, and, and playing all these different places. And, and that's what kept me going. And my mom knew it too. She, she kept me in it that's and great. She, she made sure it's like the cost. She knew what the cost was, but it's what kept me focused, you know, kept me in shape. And honestly, it's, it's what kept me away from getting so heavy into drugs. Yeah. You know, and losing my life because I'm like, man, I can How far did you I go in stay. drugs? Just weed? Did you do any coke? Any? No, 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 no. We just did all the, during that season. Yeah. The, the, the thing was Special K. Special K was Oh, the, yeah, that's right. Remember that era? The K-hole. Like, that was the stuff. You yes. Know? It's like, you know, just horse tranquilizer. Yes. It's a new word for that now. I, I, guess, I remember but, that you know. downtown. I used to, I bounced at the clubs and there'd be people in the k-hole all yeah night. yeah that's it you know the k-hole where they're just completely unresponsive you're just done like yeah. almost done yeah you're just you're just you know what about ecstasy 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 acid you know just yeah. all the all the all the things yeah. that yeah. would just stimulate you know but but the more i got into sports the 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 easier it was a step away yeah <laughs> you know and then actually running you know those drugs for that for just a good amount of season it, it, what ended up shifting this is actually a cool story yeah. is my mom hmm. i'm at my buddy's house the same buddy that introduced me to drugs like you know cop's son we had just dove into you know our, our last giant hit we're sitting there phone rings he's on the phone and he's like it's your mom <laughs> like oh she wants you to come home right now. And I'm like, dude, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right. Yeah, he's coming, you know, he's, he's going to come home. 
So I'm like, dude, what do I do? You know, I hadn't been in this position before, you know, because usually my brother would come and like pick me up and then he would take me on a drive somewhere or, or something like that. Give you know, time, yeah. yeah, just give me time to to let things, you know, but now I'm like, all right. And I knew I only had to make it across the street, but man, so he's running through his house. He's like, we, it's like, we're out of Visine. We use it all yesterday. So we have, there's no Visine at all. Like there's, there's nothing, you know? And he's like, put water, <laughs> he goes, put water in your eyes. And I'm like, it's not going to make it worse. Like I'm going to be even worse. So I'm like dripping water in my eyes. So now I look way worse, yeah. you know? <laughs> Cause I'm just like, I'm watering. I'm, you know, he's like, are you good? And I'm like, well, I'm not good, but, and so he's like, okay, well, I'll walk. he goes, I'll walk you to the curb. So we walk out to his curve, you know, and now, you know, I'm crossing the street. And I remember just in my mind, just having like a, oh, moment, yeah. like, yeah. shoot, like my mom is, is legit. You this know? is good. Yeah. This is my mom. You know, this is like my mom that there was a time I talked back to her in the kitchen and she punched me in the gut and floored me. And she's like standing over me. And she's like, talk back to me again. You know, this is my mom. It's like, Hey, I'll put you in your place, you know, cause she reared me really good, you know? I get inside the house and, uh, and I sit down, <laughs> I, could, I could, I could picture the couch. It was just, just this, we had got it reupholstered. It was just kind of purplish, you know, and, I, and I'm sitting and I'm trying to sit like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm trying to to look, cool. yeah, I'm trying to look sophisticated, but I'm, I'm sure I'm so awkward because I know, you know, what kid sits down and like, yeah, none. Yes. Yes, mom. You know, <laughs> she's just like. Come on. You know, like she knew right away. And this is what she said. She goes, you have two choices. You could either live here or keep doing drugs. And I go, okay, I'll stop. That was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. What age was this? Shoot. I was in high school. Gosh, I don't know. What, what, what age are you in high school? 18 is the, the max. So, yeah. 17, maybe. 16. Yeah, maybe around that. That 16. was it. Yeah. For the went, rest of went, your life. Went to the doctors. What do you mean went to the doctors? Just because, you know, just to get checkup. Like, you know, I've been doing drugs since I, mean, since I was 11. So. So 11 till about 16 or 17. Yeah. So I've been drinking and doing drugs, you know, since I was 11. So weed, special K, ecstasy, yeah. acid. Yeah. Oh, so, you went through it, bro. So, so I went to the doctor just like, you know, <sighs> because I'm, you know, they're like, hey, are you, you know, what? How bad did I jack myself up? Yeah. You know, doctor's like, man, you're like you're you're vital. Everything's like legit on you. Yeah. Like you are a healthy young man. You know. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, well, shoot. All right. <laughs> let's <Yeah. laughs> let's go. You know. And so that was it. That was it. It just and my and I loved that about my mom. It was just it was just so simple. Very simple. Didn't discipline me. Did nothing. I'm not gonna tell your dad. That was my favorite line. That was my favorite. <laughs> Did dad ever lay hands on you as a kid? He disciplined us. Mm. He disciplined us. Okay. So, I mean, you got to, you know, it depends on what you want to call discipline. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was the belt whatever anything. was around. Yeah. And yeah. if he got a hold of you, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was countless times where I would just kind of haul ass and, and just get away from there if I could. Yeah. But yeah, he... You know, he was, he was an aggressive discipliner, that's yeah. for sure, you know. But you wouldn't call it a, you know, a, a physical abuse. Yeah. Because it was always under the name of, like, discipline. Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta see. Bah, 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 bah. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so, yeah, I'm glad I got back on that because that's, I, I didn't realize it was, 
What's crazy is I didn't do one single drug in my life till 21 years old. Not one. Oh my Not gosh. one. Wow. Because I, was, I, I went, because in my, in my town, it was like a, this little bubble back in Jersey. So everybody would know, like instantly. Yeah, just, there was, there was the druggies, we called them, and I was a jock. <laughs> there was jocks and druggies. Yeah, so the jocks, we just didn't do drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, no weed, no nothing. Yeah, and nothing. mostly because you weren't allowed to, right? I mean, you're, whether your coach is uh, or you just We could whatever we wanted to. We just didn't get into it for some mm. reason. We drank a lot, yeah. a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And it's crazy. Isn't that crazy, dude? Yeah. Because yeah. most people I meet and I'm interviewing on the podcast, there's not one I don't think, yeah, that hasn't done drugs in their early years, like yeah. 11, 12, 13. Yeah. That's crazy young, bro. It's crazy young. Crazy young. But, but, you but know, it's common. I mean, but, but the truth is, it's like you have so many people who end up diving into it later in life. Yeah. And then you see them now and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah bad like and i would wish not on anybody you know i never i never like to say like oh you know people oh, my, my testimony i'm so glad because you know the testimony made me who i am you know yeah well man i didn't need that in my life like i would still be a really cool dude yeah. <laughs> if i didn't do that stuff like it, it didn't it didn't grow me in any way and i didn't learn any lessons you know but, but you know what it's what's crazy about it miguel is the fact that you had that stint and you had sports which is a, one of your saving graces along the way. Because yeah. I, I, I preach that a lot. You have, the best chance you have of raising uh, well-balanced or well-adjusted children is getting them into sports yeah. early on. Because then yeah. they feel like they're part of something. Yeah. A team. Yeah. And it gives them purpose. Purpose. That's like, correct. Like, like you have. Exactly. Like you're like, you know, if, if I don't show up or if I don't practice, or, you know, yeah. Yes. 100%. 100%. That's why I'm glad we got back on that. Because we didn't really talk about the sports and how important it is. Because look at the home life that you had with your dad, and the the, the it was very, uh, you know, a, a negative vibration in the house a lot. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Constantly. All right. So so where are we now? So get me. We're we're out of Menifee and we're out of high school. Um, and go, give me after. Oh, the, the, you went to Africa. So was Africa a, a soccer thing? No. All right. Give me the Africa thing. So now, getting older. Um, couldn't figure out what I was going to do with my life. You know, I didn't have, that's one thing, you know, you lose without rearing, you know, proper rearing from like a, a dad is like, you just right. kind of lack direction. You're just like, what? So I knew I wanted to be like a millionaire, you know, and just be one of those ballers, especially, you know, you grow up around that, you know, and, and now we're talking, you know, we're in the nineties, the which is the age of like every hip hop artist is, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so oh, yeah. y- your mind is there, but my mom you know she she'd gotten saved so she started going to church at what age when you were they they i would say so you hadn't gone to church at all in your childhood really no so check this out when i was in high school they put me in a, in a christian school really so i actually graduated from a christian no way high school yeah i was in like one of the only black dudes there by the way it's like but i was super popular because i was the only black dude there so it was super popular which I don't know if that was a good thing because, yeah. man, it just brought, you know, I, I could date whoever I wanted because I just wanted to date the black guy, you know, ah, which was awesome. Yes. But, you know, obviously it just like, it keeps you from focusing on your grades because you're just like, ooh, blonde, you know, yeah. blonde, you know, this is fun, you know, I mean, <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> but yeah, it was a Christian school, which I didn't understand anything about. I just knew, okay, this is a Christian school. And my mom was like, I want to, you know, so she had become saved and this was in, in high so school. So around that time know. she became saved and that's why she put you in Christian yeah, school? Yeah, I would say, I would say probably towards the end of me graduating from junior high, yeah. you know, my parents had started going to church and, um, you know, and 
even even then they were going to church through high school and still divorced, you know, um, still still separated. My dad didn't shift, you know, he didn't change anything. He was just going to church, you know, it was just kind of a, a stamp, you know, it was a cover. But going through this, you know, Christian school, there was things that you're you're you're, you're kind of learning about. You know, I'm still in this like, you know, I'm a, I'm a gangbanger. You know, I, I could still, you know, I I wore actually I still I was cleaning out my closet today and I still found some right. of my Adidas. You know the the full get up, like the the jacket and the pants, you know, and like the shirt. like what Run DMC? Oh, straight up, like bright neon green. I have a Rastafari. You're one. kidding, dude! Me. I just and I was like the sweatsuit, yeah, the whole thing, man. <laughs> just just the whole get up, dude. And I was like, you know what? I mean, I I don't know if I could, you know, I'm not gonna pull it out, but I was like, you know, this is classic, and I'm, I still have them because obviously at the time, you know, I got they're extra larges, yeah. you know. I mean, they're huge on you, you know. You yeah, got them. You were the baggy ones. Yeah, you always wore them baggy, you know. So I could still fit in them, you know. Now. But I st- that's what I would wear to school, you know, and, and this is a, a Christian school in Marietta, California. So, you know, the teachers had no idea what to do with me, by the way. They're just like, dude, you know, I had braids at the time, you know, so my braids would be down here and they're, they're, they have no idea what to do with this kid. You know, I'm coming in and just boom, you know, everybody else is just all, you know, yeah. clean cut and grew up Christians, you know, they're saved, you know, and. I'm just that dude in the back, you know. Oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me! So it was, it was, it was, it was a trip. But you learn. So you go to church things, too, you know? or no church? Yeah, I would go. You know, um, they would take me on Sundays. You know, I would go to the the junior high um, or the high school group or whatever they call it. You know, there wasn't a name for it. It was just a high school group, and you, you know, and they would try to get me to like figure things out and and and, and talk with me. You know, but I was just that kid. You know, I was like, let me alone. I'm just here. You know. I'm, here because my parents made me be here, you know, and you're just kind of, just, there's no, I, the, the, to be honest, the roots were, I think being set. Yeah. I would hear it, push it away, but, but I would hear but it. But it's coming in. You know? Yeah. It's coming in. And they would spend time with me, you know, and, and I would tell you, these are, these are people who changed my life. Matter of fact, you know, and I'm going to send him this podcast after because yeah. I'm going to give him a shout out right now. His name's Aaron Kayes. He owns Plan 9 Ale House in Escondido on grand he's he's nodding because he's probably been there plan nine l house and escondido on grand aaron kayas owns that he was my youth pastor and i tell you that guy helped change my life because he was so relatable he just he didn't judge me he knew kind of the lifestyle that i grew up in and he was just like hey you know what jesus loves you you're cool i'm cool let's just be cool you know you don't got to do all this weird like just Man, and so he How he old was were you one, at this point? So we're talking high school, you know, we're talking high school. So I mean he he's just yeah. And I, I liked what he would always do is just no matter when I showed up, just what's up, man? Boom. He would give me the you know. Yeah. And then just let me be. So this was at church you know? when you went to church. Yeah, this was at church. This was at church, you know. And so part of being at a Christian school, you're also required to go to chapel. That was on Fridays. We'd go to chapel, they would speak, they would do worship music, you know, and just kinda in the back, you know, with my posse of chicks. And, uh, you know, just, just there, you know, just doing my So did they go to church with you or they were in the church? They were just in the church. Yeah. You know, these are all the good Christian gals that were like, oh, yeah. they were good Christian gals that wanted to be bad, you know, and so, <laughs> cause I grew up that way, you know, and I was the, I was the bad kid, you know, so I was, bad boy. I was mysterious, you know, to, yes. to, to so many people. But honestly, after I had graduated, what happened is because I was surrounded by music mm. and I enjoyed playing piano. I really enjoyed playing piano and. And uh, there was a time when, when uh, we were back in Menifee, we, we had an old piano. My mom was going to get rid of it. She said, I'm going to get rid of this. And I said, no, no, no. She said, well, then you play it. 
So I started teaching myself how to play the piano because I just really, I really liked it. I, I, I was like, this is cool. So, so all through high school, I would just play, play, play. And I learned to play by ear more and more and more. And so that and percussion, I played percussion and drums. And uh, eventually they were like, hey, do you want to, you know, play on the, on the worship team? So I'd play, you know, percussion and play keys and stuff, you know, totally not a Christian, but they just let me play, you know, it was good. So they, they're just like, hey, you know, play, play. And so, so had I played, you been baptized? You know? Oh, I didn't know. Did she that. try to get you baptized? They, I mean, they, they worked at it, you know, they, people knew, wanted to get me saved. They wanted to have my, you know, give my life to the Lord type thing, you yeah. know, but I fought it and fought it and fought it and fought it and fought it, you know, until right about my senior year when my parents divorced. That's when I had my first encounter with the Lord, like true encounter with the Lord. I was at a chapel at uh, Calvary Chapel Marietta. I was at a chapel. I was sitting in the back with my posse. Worship was playing. And there's this uh, song, old school worship song. It's called um, God of Wonders. Chris Tomlin wrote it. Uh They're playing the song, God of Wonders, you know. Some reason, man. I just, I'm, I'm like, you know, you, when you start doing the like, yeah, you know, I'm getting, getting uncomfortable, you know, I'm, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. people are looking at me cause I'm the standard for defiance, you right. know, <laughs> so the like, tough guy, why is this guy shifting around? I'm just boom, boom. And it hits the course, you know, God of wonders. And th- that phrase just God of wonders, you know, beyond all majesty, it goes in. And it's like, you are holy. And it just hit that mark. And something, boom. I just I start crying. Start crying. You know, yeah. I'm like, you know, just, and you can't, you know, when you, when you, you're holding it back, but the tears still come. Yeah, they're still you know, coming so out. So I'm there, you know, you're doing like the constipation face. Yeah. Yeah. Or just <laughs> with the, with the knuckle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not an actual, just and a you, knuckle. Yeah. You do the or, mouth. Yeah, the touch. The, the mouth thing too. People are looking, they're tripping. And uh, this guy. So, so they up. saw it happening. Oh, man, I see it. I see it. And they're. And they're uh, <laughs> the. Um, Aaron Kais is up there. There was a, a buddy of his called Des, uh, Desi, Desi Star. And um, they go, hey, you know, if, if you are feeling something or you want to receive the Lord or there's things in your heart, whatever, you know, I want you to come up. To, you know, come up to the front. Now, this was a sanctuary, and this is senior year in high school. Is, yeah, senior. So, so you're talking a sanctuary. So it's a it's a long walk. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and I'm in the back, and I'm just like, my gosh! And I see a couple of people, and and not only was it in the back, but because you know, when you're the cool kid, everybody wants to sit around you, yeah. so you're you're in the middle. And on the end, because then less people could sit around me. So I'm Correct. in the middle. So I have yeah. people on my right. I have people on my left. And I'm just, you know, doing the, I just stand up. You got up. Oh, my gosh. I, you do the Were road. people around you like, what? They're staring at you. Yeah. And I just start walking, you know, just. So now people are like, oh, my God. Like, where's just walk down the aisle. And I remember as I'm walking down the aisle towards the front, I see Aaron Kayas and Desi up there and I'm just weeping. And, and, and it was Aaron Kayas who's there and he just hugs me. We're just hugging and I'm just crying. 
I just I don't even know what I was crying about. Yeah. Probably just Yeah, you can't explain. Probably it. the last you know fifteen years of my life, yeah. you know. All the all the pain, the hurt, the death, yeah. you know, I'm just bawling. Boom. He prays. Boom. Receive the Lord in my heart. I'm just like, oh, gosh. And they let me sit there. Chapel's over. Everyone went back to class. I sat in that sanctuary for like two and a half hours just You're crying. Just crying. They just left me there. You know. They're wow. like, oh, he's good. Leave him. After about two and a half hours, I was like, I get up and sanctuary is empty. Start walking back to class. And I remember the, the principal, um, uh, Deb Foy, she goes, you're good. Take your time. Like, wow. like don't, don't, yeah. you know, don't dive in. Don't try yeah. to, you know, just hey, take your time. You know, so I just went and sat on the, on the lunch tables and just, and my whole day, the whole day was totally screwed up. You know, I mean, I can't function anymore. I don't know. I don't know what that, I don't know. I know what the hell. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out, you know. We're friends coming up to you like, dude, what happened? Oh, or? dude. But 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 fearful. Because they're like, what? Do we talk to him? Do we not? Ah. But they knew they couldn't do the same thing they were doing before. They knew they couldn't talk to me the same way. They could. They knew that. So you'd have these people like, hey, bro, you good? I think so. I think so. I, so that was my encounter with the Lord and it came through worship, which explains why I'm a worship leader now. Wow. Because I, I always tell, I tell everybody worship is what keeps me going. It's what keeps me alive. You take that away from me. Oh, that's my drive. Unbelievable dude. So now I have this experience with the Lord and coming out of high school. Now we're graduating. I'm still in Menifee, but uh, you know, at the time, there was this parachurch that opened up. A parachurch is like a church within a church. And it was a college group. And it was called The Fold. And so they were meeting in Temecula at this other church. And so we started, I started going to The Fold. And when I was there, I was like uh, getting involved in the worship team, all that kind of stuff. And then that's where I met a couple people. After I'd been there for about a year, I was leading worship there. So were you, when, you know, at what point did you know that you were a singer? There. There? That's when I found out, yeah. Because they had asked me to sing. They said, can you sing? I said, no, I don't know. I don't sing. I play the piano. Said, you know, that's it. Yeah. They asked me to sing backup for the worship leader, and so I sang. And then that was... When, just, when you realize yeah. that you're like, wow, actually, I, I think I'm pretty decent. I, I still haven't realized that, to, to be honest. I to this day? <laughs> I don't call myself a singer. I, I call myself a worship leader. I'm a worship leader. That's unbelievable. Singing that. is a byproduct, man. I, I you know, I, I need to take, I need to get better at it. I would say I need to get lessons so I can actually learn what I'm doing. But no, I just to I this day worship to this day, man. I, I'm not a singer. I'm not a singer. You have, you know, you know when you meet a singer, you meet a singer, you're like, yeah, that's she's she's a singer. He's a he's a singer. You know. And so what, at what point did they have you sing they, other than backup? It was after they heard me sing, do harmony, the worship leader got sick one, uh, one of the Sunday nights. And they said, Miguel, can you lead? I played piano at the time. They said, you can lead from the piano. So I led worship from the piano. And they were like, dude, this is it. Whoa, this is awesome. This when it was cool. coming you out know? of your mouth, were you thinking it was good? Or oh, no, not at all. 
oh, I hate the tone of my voice. I, you know, just be like <laughs> to this day, you no, hearing myself in this microphone, I'm like, I'm like irritated. I'm like, hey, EQ this thing, make me sound more Johnny Deppish or something. You know, like this is amazing. This is great. Just like, the, like the, it is the tone of my voice. I'm just like, I, I get frustrated with it. Are you kidding I'm me? Just, I'm just being honest. This is called the real deal. I'm just being that's right. Real. That's like, right. Yeah, I just it's just not it was just not my thing. I used but, to, just, but what did they say? They're like, "Wow, you got a voice." They 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 apparently liked it. You know, made me the worship leader for for the fold. So hold know, on, so. Then. so this cat, what what he was out sick? Yeah, yeah. It was what happened when he came Josh. back? He didn't have a job anymore. No, I mean he did because I mean we weren't paid. I mean it was yeah. a, it was a college oh, that's group. True. So yeah. then he would he would be the he was the main worship leader, and then I would fill in or sing with him when he wasn't on, and we would just go off and on and and kind of just you know take turns. And became, you know, that I learned to play guitar and uh, so I could lead with an acoustic, you know, and, and yeah, I did that, did that for a while, you know, about, I think the church, the parachurch was open for about two years, yeah. I think two, two and a half, three years. But that's what led me to the two girls that <clears throat> took me to Africa. Ah, that's, that's all, it all came from that encounter with the Lord. And that's what happened at this parachurch because all college kids. And it was one of the biggest college groups that I think has ever existed. There's about 650 college students in this group. One of the girls, uh, her name's Hillary. She had gone to Malawi and she had spent like a, a couple weeks there comes back. And at the time I'm doing worship and <clears throat> I was still trying to figure out what to do. I'd stopped playing soccer at that time. Um, I'd made a decision that I was going to stop playing soccer uh, because I'd gone on this tour and just to, you're, you're away from your family. You're away yeah. a, a lot. And I remember we, we were doing a coastline tour. So we went from the, you know, the, from the tip of Mexico all the way up to, uh, to, to Northern California, up um, at the tip of Northern California. And I remember driving by, you know, my county and driving, you know, by Riverside and, and I wanted to go home. I just, I'd been gone for, and I just felt like I wanted to go home. And uh, it wasn't until we got to the, our last thing up there, I was like, you know what? I, they're like, well, you know, we're, we're going to go to Europe. We're going to do this. You know, and then I was like, I just, I kind of just want to go home. Like yeah. I don't. And I remember, you know, my, my coach going, you know, this is the lifestyle. Like if you want to do this as a profession, like this is, this is it. You know, your way. Yep. And I just remember going, like I, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's what I want to do. You know. So, so I, that I lost one of my biggest anchors in my life was was playing soccer and. I was, so I'm like, oh, let's go back to college and, and see if I can get a degree or something like that. And so I was kind of doing that a little bit, but playing worship at, at this group. And I really loved being in church at this point. I was still, you know, and, and there's, there's so many side stories. My gosh, dude, I don't even know how to stay focused, but no, this is great. But, um, but I ended up, uh, she, she made friends with Hillary and, and, and she goes, Hey, I'm going to Africa. I was there before. I'm, I'm going to Africa. Do you want to go? You know? What would you go to Africa for? She had been to Malawi on a missions trip. Yeah. And she just loved it. And she wanted to go back. She was going with this, this organization that was going to get her plugged in with a, a group there, a ministry. Um, it was a college called ABC, African Bible College. And so she was going to get plugged in there and, and just go and see what she can do. Just go and help out with this ministry. So she was building a team. And so it was going to be four, four to six of us. And so she just asked, she's like, you know, your worship leader, I just, you know, I feel like, and we were, we were good friends. And, and she's like, do you want to go? I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I can't go to Africa. I'm in, I mean, I've en enrolled in college, you know, and all this kind of stuff and can't go. She's like, okay, you know, what, whatever the case is. 
uh, after it was a week later, the college calls me and they said, Hey, are you going to enroll? And I said, I've enrolled. I, I've enrolled in all my classes. And they said, we don't have your in enrollment. I'm like, but I, I, I could, I, sh I can show you my register. I could show you the classes I registered for. Sent it to them. They're like, we don't have it. We don't have you in any of these classes. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do then? You know, and they're like, well, you can get on the wait list and then see if nobody shows up, you know, for the first week or two, and then we'll get you enrolled in a class. Wow. And I'm like, this is unreal. So I talked to my mom and I'm like, they want me to go to, you know, and my classes aren't here. And it, she's like, I'm just saying it may be, you know, the Lord. So then I'm like, you know what? Fine. Let's do this. Let's go on this trip, you know, but now I have to come up with, you know, 2,500 bucks. So you called the girl. You're like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm like, in. Hey, I'm like, I, I, I don't have classes, so I'll go. And she goes, okay, well, we're, we're, we're leaving in next Tuesday. You have to at least have like 1700 just for, you know, for the flight. Cause we're flying to Africa. She's like, and then the rest of the money can come in. She's like, but it's about $2,500 total. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't have, my mom doesn't have it. You know, what, what am I going to do? And, uh, that night <clears throat> I went to sleep, had a dream that I had walked to my girlfriend's house, blonde girl, <laughs> walked to my girlfriend's house, knocked on her door. Her mom opened the door and I was crying. This is a dream. And she goes, Miguel, what's, what's wrong? And I go, I have all the money. I got all the money to go to Africa and they're like, Oh my gosh. Right. So, so I had that dream. So the <clears throat> next morning I wake up and tell my mom, like, I had this dream. She goes, Oh, she goes, wow, that's, that's awesome. She goes, um, friends of ours, uh, Jimmy and Kathy, we had these two friends, Jimmy and Kathy, like he wants to, he, uh, he called and he's like, Hey, he wants you to come by the house. And we used to, we hang out with them all the time, yeah. you know? So I'm like, Oh, when, when he's like, Oh, around two to two o'clock. So I, Went over to his house and uh, he's like, hey, bud, what's up? You know, and uh, they're good friends. They, they always took care of my mom. He, he owns uh, an insurance company. So just they always took care of her if she needed things, you know, rent. I yeah. mean, all at mortgage. Like she, she, they've always been that to us. And, and he's like, sit down, you know, he's like, he's like, what's with this Africa trip? And I'm like, man, well, I don't know. And I, so I just told him the story. Yeah. And he goes, okay. And he goes, I think that's an awesome opportunity. I think it's a great opportunity. So I appreciate you sharing that with me. And I said, all right, cool. You know, and we talked, bantered, and he's like, all right, I got a jet, you know, all right, cool. So I left, I went home and, you know, went on stick. Yeah. so that was it. The next day he, he, he calls and he goes, hey, um, run by my house real quick. Um, yeah, like around one, you know, and I'm like, all right, cool. Run by the house, I get there. I'm ringing the doorbell, and, and, yeah, nothing's there. Ring and ring, then I see a little note, and it's like it's an arrow. It's just under the mat. It's an envelope. Yeah. Pop on the envelope, and it's a check, and they're for seven grand. Wow. He's like, and it said for your trip and more. Wow. This was, dude. Right. So I'm like, now I'm going. 
So now I, I go. What, what did you, you know, What did you feel at that point? Did you cry? Did I you? mean, you just you're you're kind of like dumbfounded. Yeah. You know, you're just like this is crazy. You know, this, these are what we would call God stories now, yes, right? You course. don't see them as God stories then. You're just right. like this is crazy. So I got this check for seven grand. I'm like, what do I do with this thing? This is insane. Did you call him up? Did you? Yeah. He's like, just go. Like I want. So go. he wasn't even there. He just left it. No, envelope. just left crazy. it. Left it for me. Crazy. Like just. So it was enough. I mean, it, it got everything that I needed to, to go on this trip. And and so we fly out to Malawi. We have no agenda except connect with ABC, right? Yeah. Just get there and see what happens. Get to this foreign country. You know, I had dreads, different dreads at the time. This is my second set. I had my first set. They were a lot thicker. So they were two, they were truly dreads. Like these are locks, by yeah. the way. We can get into that later. But dreads are when they're matted. You yeah. know, they're kind of a little crazy looking. Right. Um, so, so I'm there now with this team of, there's four of us, Aubrey, Hillary, Kyle, and myself. So the guy, there, is you know. it the guy, what was the guy you said was your youth pastor? Oh, Aaron Kai is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is beyond him now. You gotcha. Know, now, okay. now I'm older, you know, college age, yep. you know, um, this was like 2004. And so now I'm in Malawi. And we get there and, and there's no agenda. So, so we're hanging out in the capital in the long way for a little bit, trying to figure things out. We connect with ABC. We connect with our, our, our guide. And what's ABC again? Uh, African Bible College. Okay, there you go. So there's an, uh, they have this Bible college. They, you know, they teach, um, you know, just, just uh, Bible theology and, and yep. that, that kind of stuff, right? And get people either sent out as missionaries or whatever it is, you know. But a lot of missionaries go there because that's kind of a good base, you know, for... For Africa. So now I'm in Malawi. I'm in Lilongwe, which is the capital. We're there for about three weeks. We connect with Fletcher, right? Fletcher Montadika. That's 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 our guide. He's about as tall as Gary Coleman. Tiny. Tiny, tiny guy. He's even got his voice a little like, you know, eh. he was going to, it's like, cool guy, cool guy. So we get set up and he's like, all right. We go out into um, the villages and... So we spent three weeks in the capital and then go out into the villages to see like, what can we do? Like, what, what is this? And the goal is learn the culture first, figure it out and see what God leads. If you're in Africa and you're not married, you, you, you have to be separated, right? You're, you're separated. So I was in one village, um, Montapica, and then the uh, girls were in another village, which was walking, dif- walking distance. It wasn't too far. And we each had guards, um, uh, uh, in front of our huts because, even me is considered uh, an Azungu, which is a white guy. I'm considered white, yeah. you know, and, and compared to Africa, which means money. And we're in the village now. We're not in the capital where we have big walls and, and fences. You know, we're, we have a hut, you know. So we ha- had a, uh, a guard. His name was Ntonga. Big. He's, I would say, a little bit taller than you, yeah. you know. Just yacked. Just, this just. Is your guard. Oh, yeah. He had like two teeth, just, you know, <laughs> just, but he would sit in front of our hut and he had a, he had his weapon of choice was a spear and a bow. Oh my God. And he had all his arrows stabbed into the, uh, the, the thatching on the hut. That's where his arrows would sit. So he would sit in a chair through the night with his arrows up there. So if anything came, just pop, you know, I mean, this is Africa. This is legit. Crazy. Yeah. So we, uh, we stayed in these villages and, and we ended up being there, gosh, for, for, for quite a while, um, about a year, 
a year? Yeah, we end up. After about three months, I ran out of money. A because, year? Yeah, yeah. Because what happens is, is we're there. In a hut? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd go back to the to the capital to with, with to, to, to Congo at watching the door the whole time. Yeah, to, to tongue. Yeah. Not the same guy. Oh yeah, he he he, he was, was your our, guy for yeah. an entire year. He was our that was our guard. We had for a year. Oh yeah, that was it, it was. What a good, did he do? Good like where, when did he sleep? During the day. So like if we would go out into where did he like, sleep? He had his own hut. He had his own. He had a family, everything. Family? But he just was never with them because he was guarding us. Are you kidding me? Think about like a secret service, right? Secret service guarding the president. Like they're gone. They have families, but. So however long this detail lasted, he was your guy. He was, he was our protection. So during the day he would sleep in another hut. Yeah. He would go home, sleep, usually gone for about four hours (laughs) and then come back and be with us. I can't even believe this. Yeah. But it was good money. For him. Oh, great money. Yeah. Great money. He was making r- roughly about $2 a day. $2 a day? Yeah, that's great money. That's great money for them? Village, you're talking about village? My gosh. Two American dollars? Get off me. Crazy. Millionaire. Millionaire. This guy's making, making it rain. Making bank. So he's like, he, he would be there. I mean, he would come shift early sometimes. Was there any problems ever? Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we would have them. We would. What do you mean, oh, yeah? <clears throat> I mean, you're talking Africa. I know. We'll talk Africa then. This Tell is, me what problems this, we had. This is this is Africa. So we're there we're on there a mission, people right? Attacking you. We're there to. We're there to. What are you there to see do? What God has for us, and it starts as just we have no idea. But now we're in the villages, and in the villages, you're seeing how people live. You're seeing, okay, well, what is it? And so you're thinking, like, what what do they need? What, what how can we help them, right? And so I'm like, you know, one of the things that we realize is that that they don't have economics really in the village and you know, they live by seasons. They grow their crops, they do their thing, you know, it's stuff like that. But I realized that they don't have microeconomics. They don't have anything to like make money. They go through a season of plenty when there's food and then they just die after that. they run out of food, they run out of food. What do you it's mean like they die? They just, they, 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 they're, they're hungry. The people died. Yeah. The people just would, you know, cause they would, they would harvest their crops and, and, and they would use that. They would eat it, you know, but then you had other people that would come in and pillage you know, their, their villages, you know, and then they would get low and then you go into a season where it's not harvest season and they weren't storing their stuff really well. They weren't storing their stuff really well. So, you know, you're trying to feed your goats, you're trying to do, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then eventually, you know, just malnutrition would start to kick in. Oh my God. So we're like, you know, okay, you know what we need to do? Let's build some feeding centers. We're going to build feeding centers and teach them how to, grow and and, and and do different things. We're going to bring in seeds from other other uh, countries. And so we started building these feeding centers in, in, in the villages, which some people loved and some people hated. Really? Yeah. So you'd have people that loved it because obviously we, you know, we would employ and things like that. But you know, when you're in a culture of poverty, what comes in is greed, right? Mm. People want that. So you would have people want to come in and take over the feeding centers. And at the feeding centers, we would also teach the kids. So the girls built a preschool and uh, a kindergarten and they would teach the, the kids, you know, ABCs, one, two, threes, like all that, you know, started educating, right? All that kind of stuff. And so we built these feeding centers and we would do all that kind of stuff. But the trouble you would get into one, we're there, but we're also teaching Bible. So one of the biggest threats there is this, uh, you have this group of people called the Guluunkulu, the devil dancers. That's what they are. <laughs> And so their, their thing is to just invite the devil into everything. They wear these big masks, devil looking masks, huge. They were just massive things and they would 
hold them on their faces. You know, anytime there was funerals, the Gulu and Kulu would show up and they would dance and invite the devil to, to be a part of this. You know, very demonic witchcraft voodoo. You know, they would put spells on people, curse, and tons of people would be demon possessed there. So we'd be dealing with a lot of demon possession and these Gulu and Kulu hated us. They would come to our village and they would try to ransack our our huts. They would try to get to us through the night. And that's why we had Ntonga. Would he, did, you, he would, did he actually take anybody out? Yeah, so, so there, was a, there was a night where we had gotten a threat that, um, and the reason we got this threat is because there was a young girl uh, in a village next to us who had passed away. She was nine years old and she had died from uh, malaria, mm. very common in yeah. Africa. And the chief invited us to come to the funeral, which is very rare to invite an outsider, especially white outsider to the village. So he invited us to come to this village. And so we went there and we prayed with the people and the devil dancers hated that. They were just, they were pissed and angry. So we, they had gotten threats that they're going to come after us that night and take us out. And so we were, hey, stay inside through the night. Don't go out to get water. Don't pee. Yeah. <laughs> like you stay inside. And that night they, they had showed up and, and Tongo, it was one of the first times he used his spear and he had to spear uh, one of the guys who was running up on the hut. Didn't kill him, you know, didn't kill him, but he had to spear. And these are, you know, these are arrows that, you know. Yeah. Boom! But he lost his spear because it it was in the it was in the dude, and so the next morning, um, our, one of our our village guide, his name was Shadrach, and he said, you know, hey, this happened last night. They came. There was about six of them. They came, and and Tonga scared them off because they didn't know we had a guard. Yeah. You know, and uh, end up spearing you know spearing one of the guys. So you know, I think you're safe. I don't think they're going to come back because they know that you're protected. You know now. Yeah. So. That was just one of the circumstances that, that would take place there, you know, on top of the spiritual and demonic. I mean, um, times where you're praying for a person and, and, and physically when people start charging you, we'd be praying, people would physically start charging you and you have to, Jesus, and just watch them collapse to the ground and get up, charge you, Jesus. I mean, stuff that you're just, your mind is, you can go on and on from, from the stories. This we'll is talk crazy. About, yeah. This is nuts. We'll talk about a faith grower. This right? is absolutely. This is what changed me, I would say, is what rooted who, who I am now is because of being there and seeing firsthand the difference between enemy and God, seeing firsthand the difference between what spiritual looks like like true spiritual true like darkness possession witchcraft versus christianity wow. because i didn't have that you know my experience yeah. is like with well, christianity was like okay i have this encounter i don't know what it is but i still wasn't reading the bible so everything from there became logical it was just like okay what makes sense to me well the bible makes sense to me but then you go there and nothing makes sense just like what what is this you know so that is what shifted and changed me what what like how did you pick this village? How did you even find this village? It was them. It was them. They said, this is an area you need to go. A lot of poverty, a lot of sickness, a lot of wounds. This is a great place to start. And so we ended up just staying there. And I'm like, this is brilliant. We built seven feeding centers 
um, we would build like, it was about a half acre garden at each uh, feeding center, employed the people, raised funds so that they can take their excess that wasn't feeding the village and sell it. And then we taught them microeconomics, how to build bricks, how to become brick makers so they could build huts and sell those and keep their village going. And we did this from village to village to village. What did you eat while you were there? <laughs> so you eat potatoes because they, they, they do potatoes. They call them chips, which was cool. Yeah. I guess that's normal. Yeah. Your potatoes, our breakfast would be uh, potatoes, tomatoes, and eggs. That was our, that was our breakfast every day. I mean, unless we went back to the capital, then, we, you know, maybe you could, at that point you could find somebody who would make a pancake or something. But you don't have meat because meat's expensive. We would, if, if we were getting um, honored, we would have chicken or goat. But uh, out of season, we would eat field mice boiled with the fur. Super oh, tender. Yeah, yeah. They, they, would pull the t- they would pull the tail off. This is they call, them, they call them mice on a stick. But they're field mice. So what happened is they would get the, like after they would harvest their corn, they would get all the corn stalks and they would make a big pile of them. And so the field mice, would, they would make their nests inside of the corn pile. And then they would throw a net over the corn pile and bang sticks. Pow, pow, pow. And all the mice would run and then they would wrap them up. Yeah, and then and then they're just <laughs> they would send the kid, the kids in there with the sticks, <laughs> and just it's like, it's like playing a, what is it whack a mole like yeah, <laughs> and just the kids loved Put it. Them out. They loved it. But <laughs> you know, even the little ones, you know, little two year olds like just ah, you know, and they would put them on. They they would uh, boil them. And at this point, you, you, know? you can't communicate with anybody back in the states. Was there any communication? If I went back to the capital. Because after about three months, we actually had run out of funds. And I went back to the Capitol and sent a note to my mom. And I'm like, hey, we're going to stay longer, by the way. And, um, but I need more money because <laughs> of what we're doing. And uh, Jimmy, man, he, he came, came through. He yeah. did. Yeah. What did he do, wire money? Yeah. He sent, it to, uh, he, he sent a wire to uh, Student Venture, which was an organization here that then created a bank account and they wired it over to the ABC college. How much did he give you? 10 grand. <laughs> is this guy still in your life? He is. He is. He's in my mom's life more, but we, we still talk. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a game changer. He's, he is a, he's the guy that we talk about it in at church, right? The guy that's, that's a blessing to be a blessing. He's the guy that, that goes, does he ever go to awaken? Know, no, no. He he lives up in they live up in Marietta. So when we start awake in Temecula. Have you ever invited him down to the church? Yeah, he comes down they come down to the place. Oh they do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they come see me in the productions. They do. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is he boy. just so proud that he's been a part of your journey? Oh, I mean, they're super stoked. It's always like, you know, my mom's always like, Hey, Jimmy and Kathy are like, Hey, well, what's Miguel doing? You know, what's, what has he got going right now? You know, I mean, especially now, you know, it's like my Instagram is blowing up and they know I'm out here fighting things and they're like, what is he doing? You know, I love this oh, story, yeah, yeah. bro. He's I awesome. I love this. He's awesome. This is incredible. Yeah. 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 So he, he sent another 10 grand over, gave us the ability to keep building, keep doing what we were doing. Um, man. And then by the time it was, so, so we, there was four of us, we ended with three so of us. So they all said, yeah, let's stay a year? Well, so this is, after, after three, uh, three Have you been months, on a mission? Three months. No? Oh, God. You don't even know his story, bro. How he 
he's coming back to the church but when Colin did his interview in here. Oh. Well, he's, and, and, and so yeah. he's been starting to go to Awaken. Yeah, by the time I'm done, he's going he's gonna to be hanging out with me. Oh, you, oh, 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 oh. Guess what? Look at, look at the goosebumps. This was the craziest story is Spencer at the prior, he hadn't been in a church in, what, 10 years? Colin did his interview in here, and Colin was like, dude, I think that was too much about me. And, and he looked at and Spencer and said, what do you think? And he said, I was, I was actually really inspired by it. He's really? How so? And he said, well, so Spencer tells a story. I'll, run, I'll sum it up pretty quickly. Ten years had been since he'd been in a church because the church had a breakup, and it was a very, very hard on Spencer's family. So bad so that they, he was, came away from church and God and everything. And uh -huh. it, this gets deeper, bro. Guess what he and his family did? What? They were the worship team. Oh, bro. He, he's a drummer. He's a drummer. You still I, play? I try. Hey. I, dude, start I. Start practicing. And Spencer, oh, I didn't. It's, it's in here. I got it right now. Oh, he's got oh, it. Oh, bro. I didn't even. Spencer, are you tripping out now that he's the worship guy? I've seen you there, yeah. Yeah. And I forgot, like, the whole thing here. <laughs> No, man, there's I, no forgetting. I, 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 like, I just, no. like, I didn't say, yeah, Miguel, because you came in on such the fly. I'm just letting the Holy Spirit highlight people to yeah, me, and then yeah. I'm reaching out and say, hey, can you come in? Yeah. That's all I'm doing. I used to have a list for months, hundreds of people lined up. Yeah. I had so many. But now I'm just like, no, I put the list aside, and now just when Holy Spirit brings somebody in and highlights it at a certain time, that's how I'm doing it. So I didn't even remember the math here that this is a, our... Right? Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, it's the real deal. The real deal, dude. Oh. All right, me, that's what they they were the worship team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. all right, we're back to Africa. So one year, when did you say that's it for Africa? How well, did you know so, to so pull the plug? We, we, we were going through, we were going through four of us, two girls, one guy, because it, it was two two guys. But but one of the dudes, after after about three months, the dude couldn't handle it. Which dude? This is this is this is a guy named Kyle. <laughs> he he just he just he just he couldn't handle it. He, his, I don't his, blame his, him because I couldn't handle three minutes there. His mind just started getting lost. He 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 couldn't really find purpose. I mean, for me, it's like I dove in, walk around with no shoes. You know, you you take a bath. You got to walk to the well. Our well is about a mile away. So you'd fill it up with a bucket. You know, do that. You you go to the bathroom in, a, in what's called a chimbuzi, which is just a hole in the ground, essentially, you know? Yeah. I'll tell a funny story about that later. But but there was one day, I had to go back to the capital to restock on some supplies. For How far us. was the capital? It was, it was about a half day drive. <laughs> yeah. So you would have to wait for a truck. There was a, a trucks that would come by and then you would just see like 150 people pile in the back of the bed of this truck because it was like a flatbed. And we would just all pile in, and then that would take us to the to the capital. Um, but I had to restock on, on some supplies, and so once I was there, ABC would give me a ride back out to um, to the village, and uh, so th we we couldn't all go. You know, it just wasn't feasible for us all to go. But I, but they'd always like I was pretty much in charge of the money, so they're like, okay, you go get what you need, and so we would get certain things. Um, we'd have to get certain type of water filters, obviously, you know, because yeah. we weren't drinking that water. Um, and I would be able to get like some sustainable foods, you know, that we can like canned foods that I could bring back for us, you know, and things like that. And so I was gone for, uh, I, I was gone for about two days 
um, just getting restocked, spent the night in the Capitol, was able to, you know, send notes to all the families, like what we're doing, you know, so I emailed all of our families and just let them, we're still alive, things are good, you know. And I come back from the, uh, the Capitol. I could see it. I could see it. I walk into our hut and Kyle is staring at the wall. Come in. Didn't even look at it. Like, didn't even turn around. And I'm like, hey, Kyle. Kyle. And I'm like, He's now I'm getting nervous. I'm like, because you know, you see the movies. Like, you know when you see a movie and like the dude's not facing you and then like they go up and like it just, you know, like, so I'm like, oh, Lord. You know, I'm like, did he have a, I get over there and. I could just smell him, you know. Like he hadn't showered in like a week. And I was like, Kyle, you know, and I poked him. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, are you good, bro? And he's like, I want a Pop-Tart. <laughs> and I'm like, we've been there for three months at this point. You know, I'm like, freaking Pop-Tart. We don't even have, we're in Africa. I don't sell Pop-Tarts, you know? So I just, I'm, and I'm like, have you eaten? You know, and he's like, no. I'm like, how? I'm like, how? I've been gone for two days. Have you eaten? You know, and he's like, I didn't, I didn't know how to make the fire because you have to make your own fire, yeah. you know? He's like, I didn't know how to make the fire. He's like, I ate some um, of the beans, so you just open the can and just eat them cold. Like it. And I'm like, oh, man. You know. I was like, when's the last time you took a bath? You know. And he's like, oh, I don't you know. But you just, I mean, he's just sitting. It's hot there. It's yeah. super humid, you know. So he's just. And I'm like, okay. Um, all right. I was like, all right, bro. Let's, let's, uh, let me make you something. So, you know, I made some food and made him some, some potatoes and, um, and then got him to take a bath, you know, to, to clean himself up a little bit. And, and when he got out of the bath, he came back in the, the hut and he sat, cause we would sleep on these uh, mats and he sat down and then he just started crying. He just was, he just started like weeping, weeping, crying. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, I, I can't, I can't. I'm like, all right, dude, bro. Like it's, it's okay. You know, it's okay. We're, 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 we're supposed to go back to the Capitol in about two weeks and give you a chance to reset, you know? And, um, so two weeks later, we, the whole team went back to the Capitol cause we were having a meeting with the consulate there. Um, cause we have to get certain permits and passes to import things. We were importing seeds from other countries. So we had to get certain things, which is the whole thing. You have to bribe people and pay them off, you know, and then we had medical supplies coming in. So we had to pay off a lot of people to get those in so they didn't confiscate them. So we were in there and we, we were there for about four days in the Capitol and our second day in the Capitol was talking with Fletcher and, and he goes, I think we have to send Kyle home. Yeah. He's like, I, I think he's going, he's going to break completely. He's like, and we've seen it happen that when you're there that long and you break, um, many times they just, he, he said, he's, he's seen people just run off into the jungle and just not come back. They just run off yeah. and they just don't know what they're doing, you know? So he's like, I, I just, I don't want to see that happen to him. Like, 
you know, so we, we sat down and we had a little powwow. We're like, hey, Kyle, we're, we're, we're going to send you home. You know, we're, you know, and he's like, why? Why? You know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, and we're like, yeah, we're just, we're going to send you home. And so he was upset. Yeah. But we just knew that was a good decision. So, so we, we ended up, we ended up going on without him. And then once we got to a point where we were out of funds, we all had kind of a sit down and we're like, are we ready to go home? You know, and, and, uh, at that point we were all like, you know what? We miss, we miss family. Let's go. So came back, you know, and. Okay. So when you came back, what was, what was the impact of this trip? What did you do next? What was the very first thing you did? Cry. Yeah. Spent three days in my bedroom. Didn't come out. My mom had to. Because of what you just saw? Oh, assimilation back into America. Are you. I'm wearing. I still have it. I was cleaning my closet. I still have my Malawi. I can't fit it now. I was, I'm wearing full Malawi getup. This it looked like a pajama suit. And I, I had before I left, uh, one of the villagers gave me a drum. I still have it. It's, it's in my house. It's got cow skin, you know, over the top. It's all carved up. So I had. <clears throat> I didn't leave with anything but Africa stuff because I, I bartered away all my clothes. I gave it all away and bartered it, shoes and all that kind of stuff, and brought home like um, the stick that I used and twisted. I don't know if you remember that yes. stick. That's from Africa. That's yeah. from Malawi. No Guy way. carved it for me. It's got faces no on way. it. Yeah. yeah. Annika was tripping. She's like, where did you get this from? I'm like, oh, when I lived in Africa. This is, never knew I would need it, but I use it for twisted, you know, in my role, right? So, so I came back with all this stuff, but this drum and the stick, those were the two things that were specifically like, hey, this is our gift to you. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting, they drop us off at the airport in Malawi, they walk us, and it's a small, it's a small airport. I mean, it's, it's small, but you still have big planes that flew us into, uh, uh, flew into Georgia, well, you go at Europe and then into Georgia, but I had short layovers, really, really super short layovers, which were very specific. They did that because they knew like assimilation coming back, you know, yeah. and I was on a flight by myself, um, coming back. I had stayed just about, um, two weeks after the girls had gone home just to kind of wrap things up. So I, I fly in to, uh, LAX and when I got in the plane though, by the way, you know, I didn't check my drum, my bags. I didn't care about but my drum. I didn't, you know, <laughs> the, you know, that it's not a carry on. Like you can't. And the stewardess was like, you know, we have to check that. And I hit her. You know, I was so like, it was my only. So for every flight, they put it in the captain's closet, my drum. Because that's the one thing I wouldn't let go of. Like, I was like, no. Everything else, you know, like yeah. the bags and stuff, I had this army duffel bag full of, like, elephants and all that kind of stuff. Get off the plane, LAX, and I have my drum on my shoulder and my get-up and just a bag. And my mom said, she goes, it was like, watching watching a like i knew you were my son she's like but you weren't you weren't there like you weren't you weren't present you weren't there she goes if we hadn't walked up to you you probably would have just walked right past us yeah and i don't remember all i remember is is coming down the escalator seeing my family there 
and going and so they were walking me from from the airport they went and got all my bags they they did all that stuff and uh they were walking me out the doors opened and i was just walking my 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 uh uh brother had to grab me to keep me from walking across the street you know cuz it's la now we're we're in lax we get into the car my whole family was my dad was there too uh um we get into the car and I'm sitting in the back and um, I just lay down and started crying. I just started crying, just weeping. Went home and then All I fell the way asleep. home. Yeah. And then I fell asleep. Mom <clears throat> got home, went into my room and sat down and she would just come and check on me and she would just oftentimes see me just sitting at the end of my bed, just kind of staring out, you know, I had a TV in my room, you know, it's, you know, yeah. I'm back in America. It didn't turn it on. No, I mean, so just assimilation back. It took me about a week and a half to get to a point where I was like up and showering and eating and, you know, talking cause I wasn't talking, you know? So what would you say this trip did for you? Like, as far as the way you operate as a human being. Perspective and worldview. Perspective. Oh, are you kidding me? Perspective and worldview. I tell everybody, if you get a chance to travel outside of the country yeah. and you get into a different, different country, worldview. You're going you're gonna to see things different. You're going to hear things different. You're going to put them through a different lens. If you just isolate it to this one thing, oh my gosh, you're going to get stuck. And that's what the military did for me. Not to this degree, obviously. Yeah. But traveling all over the world, I went to third world countries, uh, Singapore, uh, uh, Argentina, Chile, and I was like, whoa, America is, we got it going on here. Yeah, yeah. That's what it, the perspective did it for me. So I, I feel you on that. All right. <sighs> that was a killer story, dude. <laughs> I know. And I could go on this forever. So we, we have to fast forward, but don't leave too much out here. Fast forward to how long have you been under Waken? Uh, it's been a little over, so I'll probably say three and a half. That's it? Three and a half, yeah, yeah. I think so I, when I, always, I always measure it by seasons of the musical. Because I was at the church for two months and then did Hero. So I was new to the church and I just randomly auditioned. What happened between you came back and to, when did you meet your now wife? <laughs> How much time do we have? Oh, gosh. 10 minutes? Well, minutes? they're going to tell me. 15, 15, we got 15, 20, right? 15, 20. Can we do it? I can condense it. Because it's what? You've known each other, what, 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. All right, oh, we, we, we have to. Okay, give it you, to me. You want to dive into this We got to do it. But we, oh, but we got to. Gosh. But we got to. Because I think it's important. Okay. There's something telling me it's important. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, dude. <clears throat> when I, and where'd you meet? So I met... In, um, I met my wife now, Allie, uh -huh. when I was working for a water district in Temecula. I was married. You were had a prior. Yeah. Can can we can we sum that one up? Because you got you have two kids. Yeah. With your prior marriage. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> All right. When did you meet that one? My wife. The, the, or the, the, the prior one. The prior wife. Yeah. I met her at the fold, the fold when I was doing the college group. 
So that's what age you get married. I got married. Shoot, I don't know. It's been so. My kids were kids were eight, um, nine. I was married for three years. Twenty eight to that. So, so twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I would say maybe around twenty. Twenty two. Okay. Yeah, about twenty two. I met her. So I met my former wife when I was leading worship at the college group at the fold. Okay. She had showed up, fell in love. Yeah. That thing. Heart wasn't good. We were sleeping together while I was a worship leader. Horrible. Oh boy. Yeah. But I was still good, you know, apparently. You know, of course. Yeah. Anointed, right? <laughs> and uh we ended up getting married. Um she was the first person I slept with. She was I, yeah, I was a, I was a virgin until I got until well, not until I got married, but until I met her. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one area I never never crossed the line on. No kidding. No. So when you got saved all the way back when yeah, you were even, weeping, yeah, even, yeah. you knew that was a thing then, right? That was part of it? It's not like I really wanted to. I just I just wouldn't do it. Like it wasn't like I was trying to be celibate. I yeah. just just couldn't wouldn't I just wouldn't cross the line. I don't know why. Because that's the Christian line, right? It wasn't the Christian line. I just wouldn't do it. Really? Yeah. Because even when I wasn't a Christian, it's not like the opportunity wasn't there. Right. So many times it was there. Exactly. I just didn't do it. I just knew. I, I just felt like, like no, I'm just, it's one thing I just... Just not right. Do. Yeah. It's one area of chivalry I wanted to keep. But I think that's probably what she What really did the girls liked, think you know? along the way when you were like, no, sorry? Oh, man. they So many tried. People were like, come on. It's like a, it's like a thirst pool. It's like... Oh, a, you know, we could go on this for a whole podcast. Yeah. It makes, them even, makes them even more. You know, like, oh, of course. what do you mean you're just yeah. nobody else before me? You're singing on stage. You're... And you, Oh, you kidding me? Let's go right now. Back room in the beige room. Let's do it. But no, no. And until I met her, and so, um, you know, we, we had we had certain things in common. You know, not tons, but her dad had got me the job at the water district uh, in Temecula, and uh, got me that great connection. And so eventually, you know, me and, and my former wife, you know, we got we got married. I wasn't ready to get married, you know. Um, I wasn't quite even sure of like if she was the she was the the one she was the right one, but we were sleeping together, yeah. you know. So it's like yeah. you're you're committed and, and and you don't realize that soul tie, the attachment, is there. I mean, she's the only person I've ever slept with. So I'm like, like why why wouldn't I marry you? That's yeah. good at this point, you know. It's like that that's a part of me. So we we got married. Now we were in. <laughs> I was already working at the water district when I first met Allie, my wife now. Yep. I wasn't married yet. Um, she was the mailroom girl. She she did mail mail delivery. I worked in buildings and grounds. So buildings and grounds maintenance. You're there at the buildings all the time. Allie was in the mailroom, so our paths would would, would cross often. Um, I wasn't really attracted to her. She was actually kind of chubby and and you know and whatever. And she wasn't attracted to me because I had tattoos and looked scary. Um, it wasn't like that, you know, actually at all. And, uh, but on the occasion we would talk, you know, we would talk, we would just run into each other. And, and to be honest, she was still cute. You know, she's yeah. one of the cuter girls there, my age, you know, and, and plus I didn't love my job, but end up getting engaged. She knew about the engagement, you know, people were like excited, you know, um, my former wife's, uh, uh, dad was good friends with everybody at the water district. So everyone was super excited, you know, and so then we got married, 
got married, you know, still worked at the water district, was a temp and then became full time, like all this stuff. It just, my career was growing, you know, you're at the water district, you know, which is a municipality. It's a great job, right? When you're a young age yeah. or in your twenties, yeah. making a great salary, like, come on, everything, life is good. You know, going to church, we were good. Um, Allie and I kept talking more and more and more, you know, and, uh, kept crossing paths and then it was kind of like let's cross path more you know we started you know i knew when her routes were in her, her mail room and she knew you know where where i was and we started talking more and more behind the scenes and and uh then we would have lunch together consistently started having lunch together uh would sit in the break room have lunch you know and, and people would notice you know and and they would talk to her you know he was you know he's he's married you know jim's daughter and you know and yeah 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 but it's not like that she's like i'm not even interested in him you know but as we talk you know we would do the uh the dream talk you would start dreaming you know mm -hmm. oh this is this is this, this and so we started getting closer and closer together you know closer and closer and closer um and then got to a point where we had an affair so i was married and we started having an affair while I was at the district. I'd, I'd only been married for like, shoot, it was fresh. You yeah. Know? We started having an affair and that affair went on for years. Wow. Years. Dude, this is a crazy story. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. Went on for years. Um, at the water district, we'd, you know, find places, you know, now you're sleeping together. So she's the second woman that I'd ever slept yeah. with. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously you talk about wounding my, my former wife, you know, because she knew I was a virgin before that. So she's the second woman I've ever slept with. Never had an affair, never did anything like that. So everything's firing off. I'm a Christian at the time too, you know. Yes. Um, still going to church and things like that, but you don't have community, so it doesn't matter. So we had the affair, um, kept going. And, and even then, um, at the time, my wife and I, like we decided... Like she was like, I want, you know, and I have a kid, you know, and I wasn't really ready to have a kid, but I knew I had to get out of this affair somehow. And I'm like, that's it, you know? So I remember having this conversation with Allie, like she wants to get pregnant. She wants to have a kid. And Allie and I had talked about running away together and that whole thing, but obviously having a kid with my wife is going to eliminate that. But it's kind of like, we kind of both knew like, okay, this is how we end it. You know, um, my wife gets pregnant you know, and, and that's where my son comes from. And, but the affair didn't stop. The affair kept going. Matter of fact, she was at my, when my son was born, she came to the hospital because my wife and her got to know each other. So she, she was at both of my kids births. You're kidding me. Oh yeah. 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 How did this go? I mean, they would hang out, they would talk, they would everything. You know, they were, they were friends. Now, not close, close friends, but they were friends. They were in each other's lives. But I was sleeping with both. I had my wife and I had my my side hustle, my side chick. This yeah. is nuts. Oh, yeah. Who knows this story? <laughs> I mean, there's a handful of people. Yeah. There's a handful. I mean, not everybody in the world, but, you know, there's a handful. You know, at the church, I don't know. I mean, our church has grown, so there's not, not a lot. Not a lot. They're going to so, be blown away. Oh, they're going to be completely blown away. So... All right, give you it know, to me here. So how we, do you move on? We keep on going, that? and, and um, then she gets pregnant again, and now I have my daughter. Still having the affair. We're talking three years. It's an affair. Yeah. Yes. Like, this is not it's one a of those. long time. Yeah. Like, when people's like, oh, I had an affair, you know? Like, no, you slept with another woman. Yeah, it's yeah, No, this night. was an affair. I had two lives. You know, leaving this, I would go on conferences for three days, four days, and run off with Allie. We'd be in Vegas for a week. 
on conferences. You know, I mean, I was away from my family a lot because I have two families. I yes. don't, you know, basically a second wife, you know, doing that. And I'm still Christian, by the way. You know? so, oh, it's a whole different thing. We'd do a podcast on that crap. But anyway, yeah. so keeps going, keeps going. And then one day I am in Vegas with Allie and get a phone call from my wife. And she goes, I know. She goes, are you with her right now? And I'm like, <laughs> what'd you say? I said, yeah. Like, what? No. <laughs> She's like, I know. You're not on a conference. Because all the companies you're supposed to be on conference with didn't send you anywhere. I'm like, wow. Worst drive ever. Four hour drive sitting with my side hustle driving home we didn't say one word Allie talks about it to this day she goes man we didn't say one word to each other we're just driving home and I'm just I mean what do you do and I don't even know what to do I'm like what is this you you feel like you're gonna get spanked and scolded but you're an adult but then you're like what did I wound what did I hurt I have a son yeah and a baby my daughter right yeah we lived uh, in these uh, condos at the time I get home, walk in. She's just, you could tell she's been a wreck for two days. She doesn't know what to do, you know? She's angry and hurt. I'm broken, but also angry, but also distant, you know, at the same time, yeah. you know? And I, I remember one time, like, I was walking out, and she just started kicking me. She's like, she's kicking me physically, like, you, hey, you know, why would you? You know, I'm like, I don't know. I'd... You think that was it? <laughs> Wasn't it? Nope. Caught. You know, money sucks. I suck with money because I'm spending so much on my side relationship. Yeah. You know, we're going to yeah. Vegas. We're buying. We're living it up. You know, and you know, here I'm just doing what I can to keep. We lose the condo, so now we have to uh, move in with her parents. So we move in with my wife's parents at the time. And the parents obviously knew this. They know. Yeah. You know, they they're like, okay, and this happened. You know, um, my mom knows. And then, you know, obviously my dad finds out, you know, at that point too. What'd that, your mom you say? Know, oh, she was crushed. Yeah. She's like, you know better. Dude, come on. I, like, I know how I raise you. Don't, you know, it's a reflection. When you're kids, it's a reflection, right? So, oh my gosh. Mm. So, but didn't stop. Didn't stop. You know, it was supposed to be cut off. I was like, I'm done. You know, this didn't stop. Still be running off with, you know, with Allie and then. Um, eventually she's basically her parents like get out <laughs> and she's like, you need to, you need to be done. So we separate, separate. I get an apartment, you know, in, in Marietta. She's living with her parents. Um, now we're separated and, uh, I still don't stop still. And I'm not completely divorced, still in this relationship with, with Allie and gosh, it was horrible. It was horrible because you're, you're trying to fix things with your wife. Kind of, you're still enjoying each other and trying to repair this. So you have kids. We're raising the kids separately. So I'm single dad. She's single mom to some extent with her parents. We're trying to mend, but I mean, it's just grotesque. It's sick. You know, my, my wife would come over and we would sit and talk and then we would sleep together and then she would leave. And then Allie would come upstairs and then we would sleep together and spend the night together. This is, this is my, you know, yeah. so you're, you're just, you're divided. You're like, 
when there's no alignment in your life. So nothing's no. going right. At the time, I was selling real estate. So I'd been in real estate for like 10 years. So I'm selling real estate. So it's not like I have to show up to a job. Right. You know, I have excess amount in the, in, in the bank. So it's like if I didn't show up for three days, four days, you know, I was drunk 8,900% of the time. You really? Know, because, oh, yeah. The only time I wasn't, I was, the only time I was sober is when I had my kids because we would be switching off and I would only have the kids on the weekends because she would have them throughout the week because I would be working. And so I'd have my kids for a couple of days. And, but as soon as they, you know, my mom would come to the house and clean up, put my bottles away. And, you know, I was trashed 24 seven because you're just trying to figure yes, out you're, yes. there's no alignment. Wow. So that kept going. That kept going for a while. Um, then eventually she's, she's like, we, we need to divorce, you know? <clears throat> so I was at the apartment. She wanted to divorce. This was in like, um, right around, uh, December, close to her birthday. I remember. And, and, uh, I waited and waited and waited. And finally, like in, in the, that next year in July, I signed the papers. So now we are had to go to court, all that kind of stuff, child support, did all that. And, uh, Stayed at the apartment, was still there, kind of working things out, you know, as far as communication, trying to figure that out. But I still had, you know, Allie, she was still there and she was there a lot. She was just always there. You know, what I didn't realize is that obviously she had fallen in love with me. Yeah. Like I'm her husband in her mind, you know, but in my mind, she was just my side chick. But because my life was going so bad and hers was still kind of okay, she had never told her parents about things and she had, she'd sold her house in San Diego, made a huge amount of profit, but she spent most of it on me. She ended up Ooh, moving. This is Allie. Yeah. She moved it up to Marietta because that's where I was, like all this stuff. Eventually I lost my apartment because I stopped going to work. I stopped selling houses. I stopped doing that. So I moved in with her. So now I'm moved in with her, my ex-wife you know or former wife i don't like to call her ex but former wife she didn't know i had moved into her with her but so she would drop off the kids and i would be they would be with the girl that i'm having an affair with and so my kids they've known ali since they were born since they were born they've known her yeah so all that continues to go for years years you know, the kids are growing up, they're getting older, all that kind of stuff. And they're still, they still know her. They're still, I'm still with her. I'm not fixing things. You know, we're already divorced and it continues to, to grow. <clears throat> we are in Marietta. Um, I end up getting a different job. She moves into uh, loan aspects of real estate. So we moved downtown together. We live across from Petco Park. We're at Icon. We're living it up. She made most of the money though. I was just kind of a deadbeat guy. But never committed to her. We lived together in separate rooms. I had the master. Go figure how I got that. I don't know. I didn't pay for it. She paid for it. But I had the master. She had the secondary. Um, we'd be sleeping together, not in a relationship, though, because I never committed to her. Right? We called it this a... Is crazy. You know, I, I would call it a situationship, you know? Yeah. And, and I never committed. But she wanted that commitment, but she just hung in there. And we were just reckless at that time. You know, she's emotionally jacked up because I'm not committed to her. I'm still kind of in love with my wife because she was my wife and we have kids together. So we would be switching off back and forth with the kids, but I'd be trying to work things out maybe with my wife, like coming back together, but I'm living with the girl that I had the affair with, which she knew. And every once in a while, I'll be sleeping with my ex-wife, but it's still sleeping with this other girl. Still, my kids were going back and forth and they just knew Ali as friend. Yeah. That was her code word was friend. Um, 
And that happened for a long time. And then finally, we spent about two years or so at Icon downtown, you know, moving on through life, trying to figure things out. And then one day, Ali woke up because she had a freaking epiphany. She grew some huevos and she's like, you know what? I'm out. She leaves. Boom. Bounces. Now, our, our rent was like three, it was like 3,200. You know, we're downtown, San Diego. Come on. I couldn't afford it. I'm freaking out. You know, my income, she bounces. Her parents had bought this little one-bedroom studio, so she moves there. I have nowhere to go. I'm angry at her. But God still had me for some reason. I'm on Craigslist. I found this place in Oak Park, San Diego. Trash, kind of like, you know, barred up windows. But it was fully furnished because I couldn't. And this guy lets me move in there for 1200 a month. One bedroom. So now I'm there. And Allie bounces. We're out of each other's lives. Fair's done. I'm by myself. Just me and my kids. You know, my former wife yeah. knew where I live. She would, you know, she didn't like it there, but she would drop out the kids there. She knew I was trying to. And uh, that's when I found Awaken. Because I would drive to uh, drop off my kids in Temecula and we would go to North Coast. Allie went to North Coast and that's why I found that church, but it was too far. And at the time, I was working for a company called Fortune Builders, and they went to Awaken. Fortune Builders. Fortune Builders. There's a real estate, you know. Yeah, I know who coaching. it is. Yeah, Dan Marrow and all that, right? So yes. I, I coached with them for, for a while, like four, four, four and a half years, right? So you know Randy then. Yeah, Randy Zimnock, right? So actually, it was Randy and, and Jeff Rakowski, you know, and they're like, they, they went to Awaken. They went to C3. It was C3 at yeah. the time. You know, come check out this church. So I went there with my kids. And I hated it because obviously I'm still trying to figure out my life and it's a lot different from what I was used to, but my kids loved it. They were like, dad, this church is awesome. The kids' church is amazing. Like, what's up? They're, they're super lit up. And I'm like, okay, well, shoot. If, if they like kids' church, then we'll go. So then I committed to C3. Which location? Balboa? Balboa. One of you're at. At Balboa. Was there for two months. I go to San Marcos mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Not, not every Sunday, but I, Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So the kids loved it. Kids loved it, which made you dive in, because I'm like, I'm here. I need God to do something with my life I need to figure it out. Ali's gone. Right? She didn't talk to you anymore, or no? No, no. We'd we'd stop talking, cut each other off. She'd put me on block, you know, like a real smart woman, to be honest. Still, obviously, I had to talk with my former wife because we're kids together. So we're, you know, but we're not even trying to work things out. We're just not at that point. She had come to church a couple of times, see where we're at because she wanted to see the church. And we would have talks and maybe kind of coincide a little bit, but not, not much. There would be people that maybe prophesy over us like, hey, there's going to be a reunion between you guys. And sometimes my heart would go that direction because the longer I was at the church, the more I would heal. I would heal over and over, just all the things. Who I had was to the get main out, you know? person at the in in the beginning of your journey at Awaken? Who was the main one that really that you would say did it for you? <laughs> Theater, so Annika, Annika, and them. That's why I'm in, committed to theater. They knew half of the stuff that I was walking through. They didn't know all the story, but they knew stuff I was walking through. And Alex Greenberg. Alex oh. Greenberg is actually the one that married Allie and I. It's a crazy story too, but he was one that just spent time with me. He, he, he spent time with me, John. They um, knew you were broken and just, they knew, they knew I was carrying trash. Were you still drinking all the time? Oh, I would still. Yeah. I mean, I was half the time still just, but did you just stop but, drinking? But I stopped you? because I would have encounters and I knew that I had my kids. So I, I would have to stop because I became a single dad, you know, 
Like I just, I just couldn't, like I couldn't, I couldn't go on. So I stopped drinking and started diving in the church. So these guys obviously know your story. Oh yeah. Annika knows. Annika knows. John Hendricks and all of them know. <sighs> does, does, does Jurgen know? I don't know if he knows the, to he, like the extent. He will now. You know? I don't know if he knows Most like likely. to the extent. Yeah. This is a crazy story, bro. Like oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. People at the church are going to hear this. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and so how do you feel? Give, give it to me when you got to awaken. So give me some. So we get tie to awaken. This up in a, and, and, in a, yeah. I'll, I'll tie it up. Learning you know, way I'm of. Just gonna, I'm just going to. You know what I mean? Rapid like how, fire this. Does, how does the ex-wife feel about this so, now? <clears throat> I'm at C3. Dive into um, theater. I get involved in the hero. Like I said, I was only there for a couple months, but Annika's like, you know what? You're, you're in. Do this. They cast me as a role. I like it. My heart starts healing more, more, and more. I'm going to men's prayer now. They're paying for reconciliation. I'm still talking to you know my former wife, and I'm just telling her what's going on. Still pretty broken because I'm in this one bedroom, things like that, but Ali's cut off, and and as my start starts to, you know, my heart starts to heal more and more. That's when you know people are praying, "Hey, are you going to reconcile with your wife?" And we tried a little bit. You know, we would talk, but it just wasn't the right direction. I knew that. I just it started to settle where it wasn't the right thing. So it was kind of solidified. She ended up getting in another relationship, and that really solidified things. So now I'm like, All right, I'm single dad, and I'm good with that. And now I'm diving into C three. Things are getting better and better. I'd done Hero, and then after Hero, I'd done Twisted, and they were like, hey, would you want to try out for the worship team? Would you want to be in the worship team? And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't mind. Yeah. So I, I jumped on the worship team, and, and that's where Sharice helped kind of grow me as a worship leader. She would just... And I met all these boss people that would talk to me with authority that I would willingly submit to, which is hella crazy for me because I grew up completely opposite. So I'm like submitting to this authority. Sharice is younger than me, and she's teaching me how to how to lead Annika's teaching me what to do. And, you know, Christians coming alongside and showing me things, you know, I'm like, and these are kids, you know, I mean, not Annika, but like, you know, like, you guys are pups, but I'm still like, okay, what, you know, I get involved and, and James and Andessa, who are good friends of ours now, um, put me in charge of kids ministry, kids worship. So now I'm do, leading kids worship and, and my kids are, are part of it and they're kind of dancing with me. And so me and my kids go closer and closer as my heart starts to heal and get better after about a year and a half or so. I'm getting to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to get back into solidifying what God has for me in a relationship, right? So there's, and our church was full of amazing, beautiful women, right? Single, beautiful women. I had a pick of the litter, to be honest. You know, it was kind of like, man, yeah, who, <laughs> you're available? What's up? You know, I mean, it could have, but not, nothing really settled on me. And it wasn't until I read a book that my mom gave me called Crossroads and as I was reading through the book, I realized there's still things in my heart that I need to break off. So as I was breaking those things off, one of the nights I had a thought about Allie. And I was like, huh, because one of the things that someone said is that you want a wife that multiplies you. You want a wife that multiplies what you do. Allie always did that, you know? And I was like, this is weird. Like, I'm not going to call this. You're like, oh, this is not the, how is this going to look? Whatever the case is. But I just decide, you know what? Let's go for it. So I sent her a text. No response, you know, because I figured, you know, I'm blocked. But then eventually she responds and she's like, basically, hey, what's up? What do you want? You know, and I'm like, let's sit and talk. She's like, all right. She was willing. You know, she said she was never going to talk to me again. She had committed to that. But in her heart and heart, I was always the one for her. So we end up meeting and we talk and I share everything that God was doing in my life. She shares everything that God was doing in her life. 
And I mean, she had lost all this weight. She was committed to fitness. Just everything changed in her and everything was changing in me. And then after about a week or two, we kind of, I guess you could say we're dating to some extent. We're kind of, we're, we're talking to each other again. And then it gets to a point where we meet at Oceanside at a, at a bar, her and I, and me and Allie. And, and she's like, I had just been praying about it. I'd been talking with Alex Greenberg and I'm like, here's the deal, man. You know? And at first I kept putting it off. Like I can't be the, like, she can't be the one. And he's like, why not? And he was just recalibrating my mind. He's like, why can't, why couldn't she be the one? And I'm like, well, because she's the one I had the affair. He's like, but God's redeemed you both. Like don't discount God's redemption because you are going to calibrate to the world's perspective. Like, don't do that. He's like, all right, boom. So I, I, I tell her, I said, all right, here's the deal. I'm ready to move forward in my life and have a relationship and I want a wife. And she's basically like, okay, but we don't date. We don't mess around. Like we're, this is it. And I'm like, okay. She's like, this is it. I'm like, yeah, this is it. We shake hands. We hug. That, that was our engagement, by the way. I didn't even give her a ring. I was like, oh. that was your engagement. Yeah. We're going to get married. Done. So she, that, was, that was our transaction. That was our transaction. All right. So we got to, we got to wrap this up now. Yeah. So give me the lesson here. Well, the lesson for full people story. listening to this crazy freaking story, like yeah. redemption. Give me the thing here that people are like, yeah, yeah. Cause you just After, showed that here I am thinking you're this perfect worship leader. <laughs> And everybody else does too, right? People at the church are thinking, this guy is the perfect Christian worship leader. Yeah. And they're going to hear this story and be like, whoa. Yeah. So after we get married, people pissed and trying to figure things out. Some people loved it, you know, whenever we get married. And um, as we start growing in our relationship, she reconnects with my former wife. They start talking. They become friends, send each other birthday gifts. They, they do the FaceTime thing on the phone. My ex-wife and my current wife. Actually, matter of fact, while I'm here, she's dropping off the kids at my house right now to Allie. And they talk. And there's this redemptive story where they hated each other. And now, you know, when it was Ali's birthday, my ex-wife used to get her like a friend, because they're both like friends. They're like a friend's t-shirt and a, and a friend's mat. It's actually in our house. Full redemption. And my kids know the story. The kids know the story. The kids know the story. Kids know what daddy did, because obviously mom told them when she was hurt. But they also see now how... There's this full circle of how they talk. And I think my, my, uh, my ex-wife, she's actually getting married in July to this, this other gentleman. So she's been able to grow and heal. She's getting married. I have an amazing flourishing marriage with the, the once side chick who's now the best wife you can imagine. Yeah, you guys are amazing. And my kids were in the middle through this chaos, but now have full redemption and understanding and they're seeing 
what God can do when you surrender. 100%. God's a redeemer. Oh, 100%. (sighs) Oh, my gosh, dude. 100%. I'm blown away at this. (laughs) I had no idea that story was coming. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Special stuff, bro. All right, we got to wrap this up. Give me uh, Chasing Smoke, the book. Um, Follow My Guy, Fierce Communicator, the redemption story of redemption stories right there, bro. (laughs) This was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciate you coming in, dude. Uh, Again, follow my dude here on on social media. He's doing some crazy stuff. And I I loved you before, but now, bro, hearing this story of redemption (laughs) is powerful. And the fact that they're talking, I love it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, Miguel, uh, I'm looking forward to connecting fur with, further with you, man. Uh, it's been an honor to for, to talk to you today, for you to share this incredible testimony. Yeah. I know we could have gone on forever, but I appreciate you coming in, bro, and real deal talk. That's a wrap. Miguel. Thank you. My guy. Peace out. <laughs>